And we are rolling. This is Totally Normal Politics. I'm your host, Nick. America's... America's haircut. How are y'all doing? <laughs> Good. We got Vitali here. Hampton. And... My name is Dave. I am your token Republican. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's, you're not... We, we're, we wouldn't put you in blackface. <laughs> but um, yes, we've got a guest of the show, Dave on. He's our local uh, gun aficionado. He knows the laws that we don't. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he knows the way that things work, whereas we are just rampantly speculating with baseless conjecture. Just making shit up as we go. That's what normal people do. <laughs> you know, I heard dogs can't see color. I heard they see in grayscale. That's the type of lies that normal people will tell you. <laughs> so, guys, this week, some stuff happened. First thing on the list is the amount of votes that have come out in Texas, as of right now, is already, as of this day, all Hallow's Eve, the day Texas turnout surpassed 2016 turnout. What does this mean? We're going to have like 150% voter turnout in Texas. What does that mean? I mean, you're just seeing record turnout all across the country, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I was going to tell you what I thought it meant, the election is going to sway towards Democrats. You because, think? Well, I, I think historically we've seen elections that have larger turnout do tend to sway Democratic, but, which is, I think, similar to why you have a lot of Republican governors trying to like enact last minute rules to kind of get voter turnout lower, which is what we've seen in Texas with Governor Abbott. Well, and this is nothing new. We've always had this. Yeah, but you having said that makes me think of a meme I saw on Facebook not too long ago. The top caption was, hey, my grandparents and my parents are voting for Biden. And you see all this Biden-Harris uh, campaign signs at your local graveyard. <laughs> Both parties do absolute nasty stuff this time of our lives. Oh, yes. And, and it's just, they both suck. And mm -hmm. I wish I could, I wish I could hold out hope in my heart because everyone's like, the youth are turning out, man. The youth are turning out. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Tons of college age people are legally not allowed to get laid right now. That's got to cause a mandate. There are so many people <laughs> who are just not doing all. You know why kids don't vote is because they're doing experimental drugs and having regrettable sex that they're going to look back on 10 years later and wonder if she was the one they should have maybe like put all the chips in with, you know, Nick, and I listen, I voted in every election since I was 18. That's so. anomalous. What? And quit acting like it's normal. <laughs> you know, Is it not normal? No. Kids never show up for the vote, and that's why Bernie Sanders is not the Democratic candidate, because the kids will let you down every single time, and we have no clue how all those Hispanics in Texas are going to vote, because they're wild cards, baby! See, I remember my first election. I voted for Alex Sink. Who lost to Rick Scott <laughs> in the governor's race in Florida? Right. I voted but, for Ron yeah, Paul. I guess I am. I, I, oh I am. Uh, I am an anomaly. I got my uh, voting report card from the supervisor of the elections office, and it's like you voted in every election. No one else has done that, Vitali. <laughs> Do you want your Pizza Hut personal pan pizza? What is this? No, yeah. but, but back to back to Texas. I mean, we are. Not even Texas, all across the country, especially mm -hmm. with early voting, we're seeing we're seeing record turnouts in every state. Um, 
what that means, I guess we'll find out on Tuesday. It's like, you it's, know, I, I think if you don't mind me saying, we don't, I think people are really, really just overcomplicating things. I mean, uh, have y'all ever heard of the principle of Occam's razor? Yeah. yeah. The simplest, uh, the simplest plan is often the most likely. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. You know what I think is going on with this record turnout? What do you think? People just want Trump out. That's really what it is. They're voting again. That's the thing is Biden is vanilla ice cream. It's hard to hate him. You can try to put like sprinkles or gummy bears or stuff on him. But the reality is uh, Trump is like Trump is like cotton candy ice cream. The people that like him really like him. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, it's repulsive. Well, that's that's the point it's gotten to. Right. It's, Whereas it's Biden, got, man, he's it's that, gotten to the point. Yeah. You like, couldn't be you couldn't be more vanilla than Biden. Like, I think I think Dave, I think Dave had a point. It's. We are seeing these record turnouts because people, I think, I mean, people are tired of Trump, like, because no one's, there's no one in the Democratic Party is excited about Joe Biden. He is not a candidate where we're like, oh, fuck, yes. Oh, I've been waiting all my life to vote for Joe Biden. It's literally, there's there's literally, there's literally t-shirts coming out that are just like fucking settle for Biden. They're like that's our option right now. It's that's I, like I've seen that too. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're just fucking settling for Biden because we're people I don't know. We're just I guess we're tired of a uh, 24/7 Trump. But like then, I said, I just want to go to sleep. Well, and it's it really is anger that gets people out to vote. It's not like if you notice when we were we used to a lot be a, be a lot more politically apathetic mm-hmm. and indifferent Very towards true. politics, I think. Um you know, we really didn't know anything. I mean, it was very, very ideological. But I mean, it's gotten more. It's stayed. It's gotten more ideological, but much more polarized. I think, like overall, and we're we're seeing this this thing play out. Exactly. And one place it has played out is in the Jacks in the Duval County Elections Commission. Duval. Yeah. You guys familiar with what happened today? Judge Brent Shore was forced to resign after it was revealed that he had donated on 12 separate occasions to Donald Trump, which judge of an elections commission board, you're just not allowed to do. You're not allowed to donate to any political party. Wait, Nick, so you're telling me if you sit on elections board, you're not allowed to give money to your favorite candidate? That's that's not allowed? You know what's funny is you'd think, well, as a judge, you can't expect me to know the law. That's a big ask, especially a Duval County judge. You can't expect me to know what the laws are in Duval County. Like, that's a <laughs> call order. They're get, they get confusing. They get muddied. I asked a cop the other day, are you allowed to make a left turn on a one-way street? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who knows? It's a red light, one-way street, left turn? Who knows? This is the quality of the... For the listeners at home who aren't aware, this show is recorded in front of a live audience in Duval (laughs) County, in front of the Legends of the Hidden Temple audience in Duval County, Florida. All right. So back to the story, though, Nick. So he has resigned Hmm. and they are now, I believe, recounting a lot of votes that he oversaw as like ineligible votes because now they're not they don't trust his authority over that. Is that what happened? I mean, so the word on the street, the rumblings and the chatter is Joe Biden has on retainer getting into that Bloomberg money now, that <clears throat> that evil uh, stock ticker Bloomberg money. Joe Biden has four 
4,000 lawyers on retainer in Florida. That's not a joke number. 4,000. I'm talking 59 lawyers per county. This is supposed to be the most litigated election in U.S. history. Well, I think... Well, I, and so every member of our, com- our elections commission, every vote, every single vote, I voted early today, every vote that goes through the elections commission, there is... Not one, not two, but over a dozen Joe Biden approved lawyers making sure mm-hmm. Nick voted. Yep. Saw it come through. <laughs> Looked at the numbers. They matched up. And so we're the reason so much of this stuff is being caught in the last minute is because 4,000 lawyers, dude. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You're going to catch everything. I mean, you put 4,000 lawyers on the task, they're going to find people who are screwing up. To be honest, that really doesn't surprise me because when I first started, you know, somewhat paying attention to politics, year 2000, we had the, con- the, we had the contested vote here in Florida between George Bush and Al Gore. Then there was that nonsense going on with Broward, Miami-Dade in 2004. Hmm. Yet again, Broward comes up in 2008, and then eh, a little murmur in 2012. I think they're just Trump. Biden is doing something that Trump's team should be doing, not on a national scale, but more on Florida scale. Florida doesn't really know what the fuck it's doing with elections. So real quick. So I think on Dave's point, um, a lot of this does go back to the 2000 election. I think what you're seeing Democrats do is Democrats finally preparing in a way that Republicans always had. So when you look back on the 2000 election, Democrats got caught with their pants down. Like Bush's campaign team was heavily litigated. They had lawyers everywhere and they were ready for that shit. Like Al Gore's team was not ready. They did not have fucking 5,000 lawyers like George Bush did. And so I think you're Mm. seeing, you're seeing Democrats not be dumbasses again. They're like, they're like, let's actually be prepared in the same way that Bush was prepared in 2000. You know who hired basically every lawyer that worked on the 2000 Bush v. Gore case? Brett Kavanaugh. No, Brett Kavanaugh doesn't have he, that. You think Brett Kavanaugh has enough money to hire everyone who worked on the oh, Bush I mean, v. Gore I, I, legal I, case? I, I was going to say who, in my head I'm thinking who worked on it because Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> was, was on the Bush legal team in 2000. No, um, that that is uh, amongst the four thousand amongst, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> amongst his Visigoths. Thanks. Wait, so who hired all the lawyers? Biden. Biden was on the. Bi- I'm saying uh, amongst the four thousand lawyers litigating Florida's election right now ah, is okay. the same legal team. Because you have to think oh, about you have oh, to from so the, Bush so the, v. Gore. The, the Biden same, hired the same the same lawyers that helped. I think Bush his name is Michael Keith. <laughs> his name is like Michael Keith and his legal counsel. Yeah, Biden hired. He's like, I'm getting the. I'm Listen, you guys are good. I know you have don't, don't have a moral compass. Come join me. I'll pay you. <laughs> you know, you know, in Die Hard with a Vengeance, when they're like, "Listen, this terrorist, he's calling for you, John McClane. <laughs> we need you, Bruce Willis. You're the one." Yeah, Biden's like, "All right, all, all you people who helped Bush beat me." Are all you people who helped Bush beat Gore? You work for me now. That, that's I, definitely a come to the dark side. We have cake moment. Well, and, and <laughs> I, I wanted to make one more quick point. Since we're talking about like each campaign putting together legal teams to prepare for heavy litigation post Tuesday, 
I think I think the Trump campaign is preparing, but I think the Trump campaign has been putting their focus on different states. Like I think this election, what I've been seeing this week and prior weeks, like Trump's team thinks the most important state right now is Pennsylvania because Trump has a massive legal team right now in Pennsylvania that has been like just throwing lawsuit in after lawsuit trying to sway the results in their favor in a sense. There are all all of these questions though, like because of COVID, it has created so much uncertainty with which these people can manipulate and and do things. You have all these questions like, ooh, how many days before or after should the ballots come in? Um, If there is an outbreak, like what can we do? Like there's so much variability that's going into this election and seeing that there's potentially an outcome in which almost similar to Bush v. Gore, it goes to a court or they, it passes a time and Congress and the Senate are going to have to pick the president and the vice president. Hell, this election might just if come he, down if, to who's got the smartest lawyers. If right? he doesn't concede, literally. So. <laughs> we're, talk, we're talking out of our ass. Guys, we, we won't know these, anything until Tuesday. These, lawyers, these lawyers ain't playing games, though. So Trump holds a rally in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you all are aware, but there ain't much around Nebraska. So when you have something going on in Omaha, I know this. I'm a West Virginia boy. So I know that when there's something going on in Baltimore, what was that? I thought thought that was a... I've been getting nonstop election calls telling me to vote. Same. All day. It's driving me insane. 10 o'clock at night election calls. I'm glad they're doing it, but but damn. As a West Virginia boy, I knew that if there's something big happening in Baltimore... I have to accept that's as good as it's ever going to get for me. And I got to drive two and a half hours to get to Baltimore to see the thing that happens because you're never going to come to Berkeley Springs, West Virginia to try to appeal to my ass. And so you have a thing in Omaha, Nebraska. You get people coming from three, four, five hours away driving out there, parking their cars. They get on the buses because you can't crowd those airport roads. You can't. Those Nebraska roads can only handle five, maybe ten people being on them at a time. And so they all carpool. They all get on the bus. They go to the rally. It's a huge rally. They all have fun. The president shows up in a helicopter. He shows up in, it's, was it Marine One? Is Marine it? One, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I always like to point out that it is kind of cool that the president has, like, the one moniker. Like, you like to think he's got, like, his own tank like Army One, and it's like a transformer tank that's like special for him. Actually, he's got like Submarine <laughs> One, and he's got like his own special submarine. So this is this is probably gonna just show how uneducated and stupid I am, but I didn't learn until a month ago that the vice president gets an Air Force Two. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know that. I thought the vice president had to fly like coach. You, you thought? <laughs> you thought? <laughs> uh-uh. no, what so, really happens is Trump's like, "I've got to escape, Pence. You stay here to die." <laughs> and Pence is like, "Okay." So here's a quick aside to that. Since you bring it up, we all know Air Force One, big airplane. Marine One is the helicopter. Yeah. Believe it or not, Army One is the limousine. It is? It's uh-huh. called Army One? Yeah, okay. it's Army oh my One. God. But it's just a designator. Army handles the limousine. Air Force handles the plane. Marines, the helicopter. But it can change from one, two, three. I think it goes on down to four or five, just depending on who the main passenger is. Is oh. there a Navy One? Like, like, a, like, a, like a presidential yacht? Like a Navy One? Yeah. Is there a Navy One? <laughs> presidential uh, party yacht? <laughs> 
not anymore. Yeah, I guess no. the president doesn't really travel by boat frequently. But with <laughs> with the navy to. side of thing, that's they the navy side of things is where it gets interesting because let's Ooh. say the president were to come on board a ship, he talks to the captain, "I'm in command now." Guess what we do? So it's Navy 1 now. That is by uh by secret service, that's Navy 1. But he also gets to fly his own special little flag when he, whenever he's not on the ship. Oh. Ooh. That's interesting. I also like the Fancy. subtle shade thrown at the other departments of the military because you say it starts to get interesting when it gets to the Navy. Well, <laughs> the most Hey, you Air Force people on that boring shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're still trying to figure out Coast Guard 1 and Space Force 1, but Ooh. we have yet to get there. I like Space Force 1. <laughs> I do think we got to have that. Um, All right. Well, b- before we're getting sidetracked, back to the rally in Nebraska. We're, we're looking at freezing temps. Old ladies, freezing temperatures, a combination like spaghetti and meatballs. So, so what happened here? So from what I read was so they were driven out to the rally, but then there was no transportation provided for them back to their cars. Yes, I believe the buses stopped running. The rally like ran till eight. The buses stopped running at seven. Something, some small, small logistical error. So, that, so what happened to them? What happened to the people left behind? Well, they're the young, capable ones walked back to their cars because their cars were actually only about three, four miles away. But I want to paint the picture here. You're in Nebraska, and if, I'm not sure if people are aware of this. In Nebraska, the wind never gets below 30 miles an hour. <laughs> it's, it's just constant wind. Constant hurricane force winds. But it's, it's about 30 degrees. With the wind chill, that takes it down to feeling like 8 degrees. You're, you're like a 70-year-old woman with some Midwest values, and you're out there in maybe a light jacket. Because you drove. You weren't expecting all this. So 12 people end up getting hospitalized for hypothermia. Damn. 12. Hmm. That's more of the people than I've ever... So who <laughs> fucked up the logistics here? Was this like like uh, Kaylee McEnany? Did she just forget to hire a take-back bus for these people? What happened? Well, that's been a big topic of debate, the logistics of a Trump rally. For instance, the people of Tulsa, Oklahoma, they say that Trump still owes them approximately $599,000 for the rally he held there last year. Oh, because he didn't pay for the... Didn't pay. There's people in uh, New Mexico who are like, yeah, Trump owes our city about $400,000 because we provided... The police of this city provided security to his rally, and he just never paid us. Are Um, the campaigns supposed to... Like pay these police forces for the security details. I don't. I I don't want to claim to know the logistics of. I. I mean, I guess that would make sense because well, usually it has like, to go through the city well, for them to do security and everything. Hire, when you hire, get me like correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of private companies will hire police to provide security details in their off time, and they pay them overtime hours. Oh yeah, well that's to, what I'm saying. It's yeah. like if you're say the Pope. You call Jacksonville. You say, I'm coming to Jacksonville because I'm Pope Francis and I'm going to marry some gays because that's cool with the Catholic Church now. Hot I, don't, take. I don't think he's doing that right <laughs> now. He, he's abs- he wouldn't be. He wouldn't, it he, would be going through somebody. He put that out probably two like, years ago. Oh, did he? Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. Is he like personally like just marrying the gays, like touching them on the heads and being like you're married? He doesn't support trans people, though. Those people aren't real yet. We're getting in the weeds here. I was going to say, he said legally that Catholic priests cannot say that their faith prevents them we, from we performing gay marriage. We were talking about paying the police officers is, for their security. The Pope is coming to Jacksonville. He tells Jacksonville, 
I'm the Pope, and JSO then says to him, okay, you're this famous. Listen, we have a scale of how famous you are. It goes down to that girl from Teen Mom all the way up (laughs) to Garth Brooks. And depending on there, we have a sliding scale of how many men do we need to keep you safe. And for those of you not familiar with Jacksonville, uh, Garth Brooks is huge here. Garth I, Brooks is huge everywhere. I Jackson, have, Jacksonville is like the country music home of the South. He he would crack <laughs> this. Garth Brooks would crack the city in half if he came here. Oh but <laughs> and that's a sad thing. But the point here. is, so the police, you you give the police how famous you are, and the police give you back a number of how much it'll cost in man hours to keep you from getting dime bag Daryl. And then you have to pay the police that money. <laughs> do you not? I don't know. I don't know because I know that when I got a parking ticket in Towson, Maryland, I said, not coming back to Towson, Maryland again, and I just left. <laughs> and it would it would make sense that if the police are guarding you for an event, you would be paying the police force as a security detail. Am but, I wrong? Am but, I but wrong that costs money. That? And I want to keep the money so I can spend it on like candy and like muscle cars. He has a stuff. massive campaign. He has millions of dollars. He can't oh pay God, like yeah. he can't pay the police force of Omaha, Nebraska. I, uh. I I get. I don't know if I should be hounding these cities. Are you familiar with what happened recently in Wisconsin, where the people of Wisconsin are out about eight billion dollars because they bent over backwards to build a Foxconn television TV screen I factory? Remember that. They gave him like all the tax breaks in the world to build that. And Foxconn, being the company that they are, screwed them over. It does not plan on building the screens there. They basically just stole an entire highway system from the state of Wisconsin. Hmm. I don't know who to blame for that. Do I blame the Chinese investment firm that told you that they wanted to do all of this stuff? Or do I blame you for letting them do it? Uh, the journey of life is a highway, and there's a lot of dead-end off-ramps. <laughs> you only get off once you hit the dirt, unfortunately. I love that. Life's a dead-end, man. Just, just It's all just going <laughs> to... <laughs> well, no, I okay, wish, yeah, so... I wish these people well, but no, I don't but, actually uh, think there's do, a have lot we, Have we heard from... So are these people... Are these people angry? So obviously they're Trump supporters. Are they angry, flustered? Are they slightly annoyed with the Trump campaign for leaving them out to dry like that? I'm not sure, but if I were MSNBC, I'd offer them $10,000 to give me whatever opinion I felt was the best at the time. <laughs> and I'm sure if, if I were, if I had Joe Biden, if I had Mike Bloomberg money, I'd pay all of those people to say exactly what I need them to say. Is that how they find, <laughs> is that, is that how they find those undecided voters like Ken Bone? It's like, Ken Bone, here's a $10,000 check. Tell people you don't know who you're voting for. Oh, <laughs> He's voting for Joe Jorgensen, libertarian candidate. Ken Bone's voting for jo- Joe Jorgensen? Well, what you gonna do? So, <laughs> Ted Cruz brings up the national debt. For the first time in four years, a Republican dares to speak of the debt. I thought they forgot about it. Uh, I'm angry it's Ted Cruz to bring it up because I hate Ted Cruz in a very personal way. But credit where it's due. So, so know, Dave, yeah, let, let us know. What, what do you think about this? Because obviously the Republican Party has made themselves out to be a fiscally conservative party, yet they have, they have ignored... The, the growing it's national four debt. Years. Well, yeah. they do it when it's convenient. So, I mean, but yeah. So, w- w- yeah. what's what's your opinion? Like every on party, the na- the national debt and the Republicans like take on it. So, that leads me to quite a few perspective, uh, not perspective angles that I can come at it from. 
I can come at it from my own perspective because the Republican Party would directly benefit my job, considering the nature of my job that y'all know, uh, from my own personal beliefs. Let's, yeah, let's go with your personal beliefs. Okay. You know what? Fiscal conservatism, that was fucking forgotten day two of this presidency. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. And that's what brought me to it, because I'm not a staunch Trump hater. When he was coming into office, I was like, all right, you know, there's some there's some fat to be trimmed from this American machine. I think there's I don't like how like food stamps work. I well, have a lot of problems with basic aspects of like our country. And I was hoping we'd get a business person in there to, you know, address these things. So I'm not trying to make excuses for him here. The way he's gone about, and I'm not just going to lay blame solely on him, but the rest of the party have gone about disregarding fiscal conservatism, in some respects has actually led to a lot of good things for this country. Oh, and yeah, they voted for that tax plan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't see a change in my tax pl- in my well, I, taxes yeah, I, I when I did the them, but you know what? Oh no, it, I it didn't do any of us. But <laughs> now, I mean, they, they, they listen. There's the when, reason why our debt has gone through the roof. When you say the part tax is because plan, of this tax plan, do you mean the the tax bill that he signed a few years ago, or do you mean the the ending of the payroll and social security tax that he did? Um, not I the can, one most recently. Not can, that one. I can he, touch on the payroll tax here in a bit, but I'm can, talking about the tax law from 2017. Okay. Because the pay our for the pay Medicare or for the payroll social security tax cut, our job actually refused to implement it for fear that it would cause us to have like back taxes the following year. And you are your bosses are definitely looking out for you on that, because mine are not. Yeah, our boss refused to implement the, the, the tax because we were supposed to not have our paychecks taxed from approximately like August to the end of the year. Yep. And our boss said, I'm going to continue to tax you guys because you're going to get absolutely boned in April. I thought that was only for the military. No. No, that was across the country. We, was... we just we didn't notice it. We're like the only we, we like the only job downtown where our bosses were like, no. No, I realize he said this, but I'm not doing this because it's just going to make our finances way more complicated. Well, yeah, I remember reading about that. I was like, well, that's a stupid thing because you're still going to have to pay all the taxes at the end. It, it is stupid in here. Especially why. for people terrible with their money. Yeah. You won't have that money set aside to pay the taxes at the end. Yeah. So you touched on military, but it was actually government wide because they handle their finances through an entity called Defense Financing and Services or whatever. They found out approximately beginning of September that their mid-month check through December 30th, they were going to be deferred on Social Security taxes. So they would see a 6.2% increase. However, this entity said, whether you're military, you're Congress critter, you're, hell, an intern at Department of Homeland Security, heck, even Joe Schmuckatelli, who's first day on the job at the post office, you will get this deferment. No, nobody can stop it. And you're still going to owe it back between January and April. But also, you will have your Social Security being taken back out come January 1st. So now these people are seeing a 6.2% increase in their paycheck. But come January 1st, they're going to see a 
6.2, 12.4% deduction until April 30th. And the best advice that could be given in that sense is, hey, take a look at your pay stub. Figure out how much is supposed to be taken Just keep out. setting aside 6.2%. Set aside 6.2%. So that way when they start taking out 124 you can pull back from that set aside. So that way you're not unduly screwed. Yeah. And what was this all done for? To help out people because of COVID. It's not helping if you're expecting me to pay it back at double the rate, first off. And, and that's assuming we're going to be out of this come April of next year, exactly. which is a huge, that's a very big presupposition. Mm-hmm. When I, I was just to clarify my point earlier, uh, I was referring to the tax cuts, tax cuts and jobs act, the, which, the 2017, which yeah. gave them, which gave them $2.8 trillion in stock buyback. So just speaking from personal experience, I didn't see a change when I filed taxes this last year. Oh, no, it didn't affect any of us. That's what I was saying. It, it, and it was a tax, to be honest, it was a tax cut for the wealthy. Yes. Well, the, it lowered a lot of the brackets. Uh, the wealthy making over 400000 I think the ceiling was, or 466000 It dropped them down by a whole 2%. But for people like me making, I think the cap is $74,000 a year in gross uh, income, you went down from 22% to 12%. Really? Yes. So you did see a decrease in your taxes? I saw a decrease in my monthly taxes being withheld. I didn't see a change in my tax refund, which even that I'll still consider a win because that Did you owe taxes at the end of the year? Uh, no. I okay. I am. Um, so, 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 so we got an average American that the tax plan did help. Yeah. W- would you say, would you say slightly above average? Yeah. W- yes. Yeah, yeah. So would you, so your, your take home pay did go up by, you said 10, 11% by, by a nominal amount. Yeah. Cause I did see my paycheck increase just a little bit. I mean, I get paid by monthly, so the increase is definitely small. However, I see it every 15th and first. See, what gets me about all of this is I wish I didn't personally hate Ted Cruz so much because I'm just, can I just let it out? I think his beard is trash. I, I, I get, I get that's an ad hominem attack and I shouldn't be attacking a man on No, you can attack looks. a man who couldn't defend his wife. On yeah, his you're right. But God, that beard, what is, what's going on? Is he like hiding? They call him Lion Ted. I, I think he's hiding behind that beard because he's so ashamed of not defending his wife against Trump. At the same time, if okay, anyone... And for just outside. existing in general. <laughs> it's anyone, a trash beard. It's a trash... I'm sorry, it is. It if, is. if anyone was going to throw Trump under the bus, it's not Mitt Romney, though. It had to have been Cruz. It has to be. And you know like, what? Like, we knew Mitt Romney didn't like Trump, but, like... Yeah. But, but I do think we do as a country... Is it, is it weird... Every day I'm faced with people saying the stock market is not a representation of the average American's personal wealth or personal prosperity. And I completely agree with that. I understand that it's like someone could look at me and be like, Google made a trillion dollars yesterday. And it's like, that didn't affect my life at all. Like the NASDAQ's up, the S&P 500's down. And it's like, I don't feel anything. Well, Nick, why don't you you buy 10,000 shares of Google? But 
some bizarre part of my American little heart, born in the middlest part of American Missouri, some part of me, I don't know what it is, but it's like a, there's like a voice in the back of my head that's like, you need to get that national debt down, man. Like, you need to get that debt down, bro. I don't know why I think these things. I don't know why I'm like worried about it, but because it's like the debt was, we had a surplus under Clinton. We had a debt from Bush going up till now. And I don't know how it's affecting me, but some part of me, in the same way that you, the same part of your brain that tells you, did I turn the oven off? Did I blow out all the candles before <laughs> I left my house? Is like, hey, yo, that debt, you, that debt is gonna be a problem at some point. And I do think that we can't just think, hey, we all wanna feel good. We all wanna, we can just always spend all our money on everything possible. Like, we need to build an elementary school to teach, like, I don't know. It, it, it's always so weird that there's so many initiatives that we throw money at. For instance, like the whole, there's the New York public school dilemma where you can look at schooling in Florida and you can look at schooling in New York and you can say Florida basically throws their kids to the wolves. Like Florida spends. <laughs> Nick, calm down. We don't have wolves in Florida. They were all killed in the year 1905. We throw them to the remaining Florida Panthers. Let's let's be accurate okay. here. Come on. Well, all right. Not they, to they throw them, they throw them to the Gators in Florida. The Gators, yeah, the Gators. But there up in New York. Up in New York, and they spend, like, what is it, $30,000, $40,000 a year per student or something? But if you look at the top 20% of graduates from each state, each high school, it's like they do about the same on SATs. So I'm always sympathetic to the idea that whenever a conservative comes along and they're like, throwing more money into public schools won't make the kids smarter – Nine people are like, no, we, the kids, the teachers need money. The, the kids, the schools need money. And I always feel like I'm the one guy that's like, guys, if we just look at the numbers, it's not true. If you give teachers more money, the kids don't always get better. And so I'm always hesitant to ever say like, yeah, we just should throw money at problems. I, and I, that's Nick, put me in a I, weird position with the Democrats because the Democrats answer to everything is throw a trillion dollars at it. And I'm like, no, no, like, find the ch find the poorest county that solved the problem, and then do what that broke ass county did. <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 in a, I agree, I I get the point you're making. The point you're making is we have a growing national debt, and no and one, no no one no one. So my view on this is it's becoming on both sides like rude to address it. So my, you know, yeah. So definitely my true. my problem with the issue has always been so obviously if we just take the simplest form of each side's um, argument on this. So um, the the Republican side is you need to cut spending. The Democratic side is you need to raise taxes. At the end of the day, if you're going to get the national debt down, it's got to be a combination of cut spending and raise taxes. Well, and that's Keynesianism. Like, right. But we, well, there's so many, like... Because, like, honestly, like, so... what do What do Republicans want to do? Republicans, when they try to cut spending, they, they cut minimal spending on certain social well, programs that are already a minuscule amount of the American budget. Like, well, yeah, gotta, that's the thing is Republicans... You got to cut the fat, like the big, the big, the big ones. Right. 
Well, then, that's the thing is they look at the top, they look at the highest expenditures in the city, which is police budgets and then city council and upper management type stuff. And then they say, we got to cut food stamps and Medicare and Like, hey, for, for all the Republicans. Because we can't cut the two things that cost the city. We can't make the mayor make less money and we can't pay the cops a little less. Real quick, real quick. For all the Republicans listening, if you guys are listening, we are... We're all pretty liberal, so you might not be. Although we we did get one Republican listener, and he's on today with us. I'm not as liberal. But like, as you think. I would I would have I would have more respect for Republicans, like a true respect, if you guys just took almost like a Ron Swanson attitude. Like, really, just look me in the eyes and be like, I fucking hate all government, and I will look you in the eyes and cut the budget off of everything. Well, but they don't do that. They're yeah. like, I'm only gonna cut the budget. For food stamps, like no man, if you're gonna if you're gonna look me in the eyes and tell me you want to cut the national debt, you got to be like fuck it all. Let's not spend any money this year. Well, okay, and that's the problem. That might be a little extremist. But that is well, that I, is the problem. I do have a response sides. to that, but that'd be more appropriate. Yeah, let's for a different. Let me hear. Do you have a response to my I, crazy I, I rant do. there? I think you and I could probably spend a whole episode talking about that, but I'll keep it short. Republican, Democrat, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, in my strong belief and a lot of other people who do not like the government because a lot of Republicans support their Republican representation in as much as they get the things done that they say they're going to get done. But otherwise... Like Lindsey Graham, make sure that we get that power plant built in South Carolina. Oh, like that kind of stuff. Oh, give me a break. Lindsey Graham is the... I, I was just making something up, but is that the, that's the point you're making? Like, it, I need my representative to make sure the government spends money in my district. Well, in some respects, yes. But the point I'm trying to get at is we need to get back to originalist interpretations and fundamentals of governance in regards to this country what a lot of conservative-minded people will say is you know what's really going to fix a lot of the problems we have with government if government service whether you're president vice president all the way on down to senator or house of representatives uh, representative that should be a burden placed on somebody who decides to take upon that mantle to better serve the people so you don't get paid? Is that what you're saying? Not saying that. I'm just saying if you're the president, whichever president, take your pick, you shouldn't be making $400,000 a year in just a base salary. Okay, do you need a special allowance to schmooze other um, international leaders? Yeah, absolutely, because you need to make friends. But do you really need to make $400,000 in one single year? When they, See, this, I, this, in, and you have, I think you have a point, but I also think that these are pennies in the budget compared so, to. See, I yeah, a I'm lot of the, a lot of the bigger substantive you, changes. But a, you have a point. You I start do think. adding up pennies, and you you start adding up pennies, you're making dollars. Oh, that's right. So can I make a? Because I I get your sentiment there. Your the basic sentiment is, which I think a lot of people feel, which is like I think. I mean, the money's in the wrong place. Me, me, along with many liberals, think there should be term limits on literally every section of the government. Mm. But I think the point is because I don't think it's necessarily their government pay that turns them into these wealthy individuals. I think the fact that a lot of people that end up serving in the government for a very long time gain enough influence over the years that eventually turns them very wealthy. Well. But also, 
you can't really run for president and not be rich as fuck. Yeah, there's kind of what, an, what was a barrier. A barrier. What was the last time an we entry had a poor barrier. president? That's what I. Yeah. I hate right now. I'm saying this today. I want a poor president. Well, you can't be poor. I, I want a poor president. president. I want a president that's poor. You that's have to have money. The money makes people that's, win. But okay, that's what, that, that's the problem. Is we need a poor president. Well, I want. But that's that's what that's what Plato said. He said that the king should not like want Bernie to be would king. Have been the poorest the leader should never want to be still a, a millionaire. <laughs> no, what, 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 see, I would even more than term limits. What I would like is just anti-corruption laws, where I almost don't care how much. I would be cool, almost. I don't think so because I hate them. But I'd be cool with a congressional representative having a salary of like five hundred thousand a year, if it was that you absolutely are not allowed to make money anywhere else. Like I'd be fine like if you we can't buy stocks. Can you, you write a book? Can you write books? Can when you write you books or no? When you enter the upper echelon of U.S. government, when you hit anything above like local judge, as soon as you get to like House of Representatives, Senator, that can you can you write a book? That though? should almost be the last Once job. You're, out of you're you can't write a book until you're out of office. You can't write a book until you're you out can't of write office. a book until you're out of office. The, the, I'm saying when you serve in a public office, that should almost be the last job you ever get. And because the the lobbyist revolving door, that's a big problem. Is people who come in, they change the laws for the purpose of getting out and then working for the companies that they change the laws for. Or vice versa. They work for the company and then they go and they talk to the people to change the laws for the and, yeah, and like, the only uh, way quick, to quick blast from the past. You all remember uh, John Boehner, right? Yeah. Remember when his career ended in government and he just turned around and became a lobbyist for what other than the marijuana industry? <laughs> uh, refresh my memory. Was John Boehner that guy on video going at one of his rallies? That's Howard Dean. Oh, Howard John, Dean. John Boehner was the um, Speaker of the House during Obama's oh, yeah, first yeah. four Because yeah, right. uh, he was Speaker of the House of the Republican majority during Obama's term. <clears throat> um, he eventually got voted out. But the minute he got out of politics... Even though he'd spent his entire career saying that marijuana was bad, he became a highly paid lobbyist for the marijuana industry. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, to me, that might be some sort of step. I don't know really <laughs> in which direction, but hopefully the right one. Either way, so it looks like now that we're coming to a possible close of a Republican presidency, we see Republicans coming out and being like, oh shit, we forgot about the national debt. Let's start talking about that again, right? Well, it's weird because both sides of both parties, there's a lot of people that are less people and more collections of bizarre political ideas. <laughs> like, there's people now who are either saying things like, we need to... Quick question. Why do we even have a national debt? Like, what if we just... What if America's just like... I mean, who we do we owe it to other countries? Is that yes. who we owe? Yeah. Okay, so uh, why don't America is powerful enough to be like, okay, no, no, that would ruin everything. What if, yeah, if we, we have we have interdependence. It's interdependence, we, economic interdependence. We can't just be like, we can't <laughs> just be like, no. If if you no, were not to, an option. No. <laughs> no, if you were to write a book called "What Is no. the Fastest Way to Ruin Everything?" Yes, that is, that would be the end of human civilization. <laughs> America saying no. America yes. defaulting on yes. its debt. Would be the fastest way to ruin the most lives. They would turn our dollars into pennies. Yep. So we can't just say no. No, we can't do that. Uh, if you want, what if we give a quick trial, like a, like a trial run, like for it, one month, we just you say go no. ahead. You go ahead and end human civilization. So we do, do have that. that ability, 
Yes. the smartest I mean, thing to do? Yeah, well, I mean, we have okay. the ability to, like, you know, kill millions of but, people, but, I mean. What, what I mean, though, by this is that on both sides, you, you have people that want to, like, abolish the post office hmm. off of this weird adherence to the idea that the federal government should not have any business acumen whatsoever. You, you have people, like, conversely, who want... Who feel like a national health care is all but written into the Constitution. I feel like it's getting weird because more and more when I'm talking to people about this stuff, it feels like everyone's in, like occupying like an ideological headspace that like a theoretical person believes in, but that they don't actually believe in. And And so now you have people on one side saying like... No, gun laws are under attack. Joe Biden wants to remove gun laws. Brett Favre came out today saying he's voting for Trump because Joe Biden wants to get rid of the Second Amendment. And I understand that Brett Favre is a man who unironically has brain damage. I'm not even joking about that. Yeah. But for him to suggest that the Second Amendment is like... I, I wasn't aware that that one was on the table. And then on the other side... I think, I, I think that's a... I think that statement is a, a conservative dog whistle in certain aspects. Yes, it's very because, inflammatory. Like, okay, so as, as a liberal, I have never personally thought of revoking the Second Amendment as even being on the table. Like, it's going to always be there. Like, yeah. I, I think there have been... I always thought you couldn't take guns no, like, from people. I, I just like, thought like, it wouldn't work out. Democrats have wanted to pass more restrictive laws to try and trim down gun violence but i've never been like oh let's get rid of americans right to arms yeah i i don't know yeah there i mean there is a space between black and white yes but i mean i I don't know if the gun laws of (laughs) i think there's a lot to be said if if the gun laws are even why are we we talking about gun laws when we started on debt nick (laughs) no because all of this ted because ted cruz is the nexus of he's a collection of ideas that I don't believe he fundamentally believes in. Ted Cruz simultaneously wants the stimulus checks to go out to help American families while simultaneously wanting to, he thinks taxation is theft, but he also wants to bail out small businesses at the same time. He believes both of these. He believes a bunch of things that he doesn't believe that he says because it's convenient. And when I hear people say we need to take care of the national debt now, it feels like, oh. He's, he's the perfect politician. Right. He's like this bland piece of dough that can absorb anything you throw at him and then stay in office. It, it's, yeah. right? he, he's, he's just playing the politics game. I'm going to say what sounds good. And they must have some sort of secret school. Yeah, I mean, he keeps getting reelected. I'm a politician, so that way you can maintain your job. It's okay. So I mean, I'm. And so getting into this, so this gets into the big thing I was going to say, which Mitch McConnell said that the Senate will not readjourn until after this November 9th. Hey, real quick, just checking in on last week. Does any have have we found out why Mitch McConnell's hands are completely bruised black? Because old people have very thin skin. I looked into it. Right. So what did he? He's get, just like, normally sm- bruised. He's mm-hmm. just bruised like an old people guy. bruise well, like fruit, like they bruise super some easily. Pretty noticeable swelling. Oh yeah, uh, like it wasn't just his whole hand was black. Come mm-hmm. on, man. <laughs> yeah, and he had something going on. I we went over this. <laughs> All right, whatever. Okay, so <laughs> it's just his own conscience it's eating just him alive. Normal for a man to have discolored hands. All right, let's move on. But he <laughs> says we won't. 
What do you make of Mitch McConnell saying there will be no Senate hearings before the 9th of, of November? He's basically saying no, absolutely no stimulus money is going out. Mm-hmm. There's no stimulus. Most likely, by him saying this, there's basically no chance of any stimulus money making it before Christmas. We're going to be going into either... Well, well they could hold an emergency it, session. It might be probably realistically till next year but yeah we see some talks but and i'm i don't know how i feel about another round of stimulus and i know that it's fucked up i know that we're going to ruin some people's lives no hey i'm but totally that first round of stimulus i look back on it as an absolute disaster and i think yeah it, I've, I've nick i've grown i've reached the point in my life to where i don't the twelve hundred dollar checks, whatever. That was cool for that was the reg- that was, was for like the regular me. American. But like, I'm I'm beyond the point of like, I get fuming angry every time the government gives stimulus money to businesses. I'm so tired of it. Like, why are we still like America is supposed to be a capitalist nation? In a capitalist nation, if you fuck up, you go out of business. That's how it works. Why do we keep giving money? to businesses that fuck up and don't have money to keep going. Like, who the fuck cares if Delta would have gone out of business? Maybe a new airline company that didn't suck ass would have come up. Like, why do we keep giving these corporations money every 10 years? Jesus fucking Christ. Or JetBlue would probably be viable by some point. (laughs) It provides us with the illusion that, uh, you know, well, that things so things stupid. are okay for and, the and, Americans. And both Democrats and Republicans both agree on this because both of them always do it. The one thing both parties will always agree on is giving trillions of dollars to the S and P and five hundred companies. Yeah, and no, it's so stupid. Well, Any company done. with a stock ticker should be told to get fucked handily. But you gotta bail those restaurants. Well. Nobody. Let's just be cutthroat capitalism. Let's do... Don't what, bail the... Re- so you're... Don't bail the restaurants. Don't bail the bars. Nobody. Let's just be what America thinks it is in its mind. We think we're a, this cutthroat capitalist society. So let's be that. But let's stop the, bailing out anybody. That's declaring on lockdown, though, with no bailout. That's an extremist point of with, view. But I'm just... I'm just... But... No, you know. Have some commitment, man. But you with no... Oh, into the mic. You want to get up on that mic. Sorry. You, you do have a point, though. You really do, because you can't be an extreme one way or the other. There has to be some flavor of both or multiple ways in order for a country to function. You and can't I'm talking tell. like a modern country, not yeah. like ancient Greece or something. But like what I'm saying is if like... If we didn't if, bail if you, them out... No, but if you just stop, if you stop giving help to everyone equally, like, okay, so like, you know, you can't be like, hey, I'm going to cut food stamps... Because we're spending too much money on the poor, but at the same time be like, I'm also going to take this taxpayer money and give a trillion dollars to the banks. Like, fuck off. Why did those guys get money? They should have saved for a rainy day, too. Fuck those assholes. Yeah. (laughs) I I do agree that only America... The $1,200 check should have been the only thing in the CARES package that went No, nothing else. No business should have gotten money. Just Americans should have gotten... And, hey, if if we're being fair... 
We could have, I would have been fine with the idea that nobody gets any money. The national debt would be lower today if nobody got any money. <laughs> so you want the full like 20% unemployment rate like insanity scenario. Like 1930s Great Recession. Cutthroat you capitalism. Cutthroat capitalism. Right. Fuck everybody. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Stop depending on the government. Go, well. work, at our, <laughs> go work at one of those shutdown restaurants downtown. <laughs> Well, in I our, am now a libertarian as of this moment. <laughs> in our history, we were at a point where it was cutthroat capitalism, and then we had to implement some socialist controls. I mean, the greatest thing that ever occurred was the Tennessee Valley Authority. But I don't think it was ever cutthroat capitalism because even in the early 1900s, you had your railroad barons. But those guys were getting yeah. these they, they were they were getting these sweetheart deals on land from the government. The government yeah. was like selling them land on the cheap, cheap, like cheaper than they would sell it to anybody. But I they were that. also importing uh, immigrant labor. They didn't have health plans they needed to worry about on somebody they were paying our today's equivalent You're right. of two dollars yeah. a day. Okay, okay, I got, I got a little hectic there because I, no. I I don't want eleven year olds working in coal mines again. It, That'd be a bad fine. idea. It's fine. But <laughs> it, if that type of scenario were here today, we would have failed fantastically. And then what came out of that? Social Security, which I don't totally agree with, not because it's a socialist program, but because it's badly you, run. No, no. Um, I can speak on that at another time, but <laughs> even if it was run perfectly, it still would not be enough. Oh, that's your problem with it. Yeah. You think it doesn't go far enough? Well, yeah, because I mean, Social Security, if Social Security is your only plan for retirement, you're fucked. Right. You've got no money when you're old. Yeah. My, my projected Social Security take when I turn that age a rough estimate is probably going to be $1,400 a month. Mm. Who the hell can live off that when their wife and their kids died in a fiery car crash? They sold off all their possessions and they can only afford a one-bedroom flat somewhere. Yeah. It, it's not enough for rent, utilities, a vehicle, gas, maintenance. Well, that's so, what I mean when I said it, it's badly ran because Singapore... Singapore has um, it's less like social security and it's more like um, a savings account that's made yeah, for you they, they when you're start, born. When you're when they born when you're born when they born when they born <laughs> when they born. No, so it's like a it's like an investment account that when, is started for you that you, you pay get, into that, that you get access to when you turn eighteen and you get to almost personally run as like an investment account. Is it not? It's something similar to that. You kind of don't have... There's a lot of penalties for accessing it before. It's kind of like a 401k program. But the point is, mm. when people think of Social Security, people think, well, I paid into it, so I get out of it. And it's like, no, you paid into it. Your money was immediately spent. Your your money that you paid into Social Security was spent months before you even put it in. Well, yeah. Whereas with the Singapore system, it is more like you have an account that you've been paying into since you were a kid. And it does follow you as an adult. And the thing about the Singapore system that has it standing on its own two legs by uh, Social Security is the fact that the excess funds generated from all these monthly 6.2% takings is put into a, uh, a trust fund, a slush fund, I don't know. It's all this money that's supposed to sit into this bank account and if the value of Social Security itself starts dipping, oh, hey, we've got all this 
loose change line around. We'll fill the tank back up. But yep. what is the problem with that tank? The fucking top is open. Democrats and Republicans have been dipping into it to pay for their own pet projects. Oh, absolutely. They, we cut a $28 billion bailout to the farmers to handle the corn and the soybean subsidies, which I've long been a proponent of the idea that if you're an American taxpayer, you should be allowed to walk into any grocery store in America, just pick up an ear of corn and bite into it because, God damn it, your tax money paid for it. And the... The Democrats love their subsidies. They love their pet projects. Obama had solar Nick, city. Please don't eat any of the corn being grown anywhere in America. That is corn being grown for corn syrup and will probably kill you if you <laughs> bite into it. So just don't do that. The point is the corn, corn should be free in America. Wheat, anything with wheat in it. Oh, there's so many things that are tax money. We we can't accept the fact that the real price of a box of Cheerios is thirty cents. That would blow our minds, and so the government has to pay Cheerios to keep the price of these things high. It's weird. Like there's just a lot of fuckery going along, but we do it because we care about the farmers, or we say we care about the farmers. But most of the farmers in North Carolina now they've sold off their farms to the Chinese because the Chinese eat more pork than Americans do. Because what are you gonna do? A billion people eat more pork than three hundred million people. Who would have guessed it? And so now the majority. I think that's a challenge. <laughs> America, here's a challenge for you. This year, let's eat more pork than China. We and can so do it if we. What does it mean for the Republicans to give $2 billion in pork farm subsidies to underperforming pig farmers in North and South Carolina who are then just handing that money over to their Chinese overlords because the pork, because people in Guangdao are getting access to, to pulled pork for the first time in their miserable lives? It's... It's weird, and both sides do it, and I'm very frustrated about all of this, and I'm more so worried that... What kind of barbecue sauce do you think they're using in China? Uh, they, they, they're, they're, they fall on the... Uh, do you think they're using like sweet barbecue sauce? No, they're like, a vinegary crowd. Like, yeah, vinegary. Yeah, yeah. they get... <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'd buy that. But I, I guess... Moving on to normal news, Nick. Uh, well, well, we're, we're Kavanaugh's mail-in ballot ruling, I think, is up first. Uh, oh yeah, did you guys? Uh, so, have you guys read on that, Hampton? You, 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 uh, you see anything on Kavanaugh this week? Oh lord. So, if your ballot arrives November fourth, you mailed it November second, next day mail. You paid extra. You went to the United States Post Office. You said, "I will pay ten dollars." To mail this letter, next day mail, to my elections office, which is next door. It arrives on the 4th. Should your ballot be counted? Our Chief Justice Kavanaugh, fan of beer, thinks that you shouldn't. He this was, okay, so this was, so this just to clear this up, the Supreme Court has been ruling on multiple states. So this was the ruling in Wisconsin. Yes. Because they also ruled in Pennsylvania, but in Pennsylvania... Um, the ruling was held up where your the the ballot is allowed to come in up to three days after the election. But yeah, there's a lot of variability between yeah, the, states. The rules vary in every fucking state. Mm -hmm. Which is still horseshit comparatively to California where if the ballot is postmarked before the election, well, and they, the, the ballot can arrive three weeks later. And, and and you, I know what you guys are thinking. The Democrats are trying to steal the elections. No, you pieces of shit. 
These rules were made so that if a guy in Fallujah decided that he wanted to vote back home, his letter would have time to get there. This was a military concession that we made for people stationed overseas. And yeah. that's why it's so heinous that Kavanaugh out of nowhere decides the ballot's got to be in the state on election night. It's got to be in the box so I did, on election night. Nick, so I did, I did a little deep dive reading this week uh, back to an investigative article by the New York Times back in 2000 talking about the shit show that was Florida back in 2000. So Brett Kavanaugh was on the legal team fighting for Bush in Florida back in 2000. And back then, Kavanaugh was fighting heavily to get every absentee ballot counted that came in late because they were trying to sway the election in Bush's favor, which at, in the, at the end of the day, once all the ballots were counted, Bush won Florida. Because back so in 2000— what we're seeing, what we're seeing, I don't know, we're seeing a Supreme Court justice be— very political because something that he believed in 2000, whereas every absentee ballot should be counted um, so that w because back in 2000, most absentee ballots, they leaned Republican. So now that people assume that absentee ballots are going to lean Democratic, Kavanaugh has made a reverse and is like, we can't allow this because we don't want the election to be swayed with a flood of absentee ballots after 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 November 3rd and what the issue i took with his wording is the election is not going to be swayed because no one won the election on Tuesday night you don't know who won the election until every fucking vote is counted in the United States. Votes, like, you don't know who president is Tuesday night at midnight because every vote in the United States has never been counted at midnight on Tuesday night. Like, that's a stupid, that's, the, the media, the media makes projections about who won. Those are projections. They're not, you could wake up Wednesday morning so you could so Tuesday night you could go to bed thinking Joe Biden won, and then you could wake up Wednesday morning and be like, oh fuck! In the four hours I was asleep, and then there could be Trump a recount won. for a month. And I, I, <laughs> like, I, what I want to stress here is that in 2000, they knew this because we have voting records, we have polls. We knew that in 2000 that the majority of absentee ballots that were caught up in the mail process were overseas military personnel and that is why brett kavanaugh wanted them to be counted because he's like i don't know and as a judge i'm not legally allowed to know but i suspect that a lot of those ballots are republican it's just I and just, as soon as the absentee ballot became majority black mothers those military votes became irrelevant and that's the thing that gets me it's not even it's that Kavanaugh is absolutely fine with throwing out the votes of everyone who is overseas because he's so terrified that all these black mothers are also voting. Like these, the, the linchpin of what mattered to him so much in 2000 is absolutely window dressing in the face of the coming onslaught of potentially every brown woman in America mailing in a vote against Real quick, Trump. Campton, I want to get your input on this because you're you're pretty familiar with elections and election laws, are you not? 
and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know enough. But I, I will say that I think this does speak to, like, as you, it's been proven, as you move up the court hierarchy from like state courts to appellate courts to the Supreme Court, the choices are more likely to be based on ideological positions because the constitutional questions are often very, very subjective and it's very easy to make pretty much any argument you want if you're a lawyer. That's why we have lawyers. But it's been manipulated and politicized in a way over the years. It's in in a way that and we have an incentive structure that allows for people to come up and clog the states with litigation and i won't say you know all this litigation is good all this litigation is bad because in some cases we have to have it as a check on the government in order to extend extend dates or you know what have you but and, and it's so, it's it's always been it's it's this politicalization of the, of the law but i think it's just more apparent now well a, a strange a strange phenomenon that's occurring is the majority of the justices who've been a Appointed since Clarence Thomas have hmm. been appeals court judges. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that they're judges who aren't necessarily picked for their political opinions. They're judges who are picked specifically because of their political dissents. Like Kavanaugh was picked almost fundamentally because he was someone who's like, I think the president should have more power. Whereas nine out of ten, just as nine out of ten mothers approve of Colgate, <laughs> and you're like, who the fuck's that one mother who's like, I don't want my kid brushing their teeth with Colgate. Fuck Colgate. Yeah, just as nine out of ten mothers approve. Well, Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch was picked because he was seen as aggressively originalist, more originalist constitutionalist than most. He was like, I have a problem with how few judges actually are originalist in regards to, consti- to the Constitution. Brett Kavanaugh was picked because his he's like, I think the president should almost have unilateral power. And then you have Amy Coney Barrett, who is picked because they're like, no, some women have opinions on abortion rights. This woman's opinions are outrageous. And that's why we want her. So Because she is the most sterling white hot... All of the judge, uh, same with Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas was not liked. People thought he was a rapist. Like, he was well, one yeah. of those. Wait, uh, did you just call Amy Coney Barrett hot? What? You called her hot. Uh, <laughs> you think she's sexy? Oh, no, wow. blazing hot. Oh, blazing. Okay. No, you know, <laughs> what I'm saying is it, these judges aren't picked. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, even. I mean, I'm not. She was also picked because of how fiery her dissenting opinions were with other judges. But so it's a very strange thing when the majority of our court, of our Supreme Court, is basically the punk rock judges of their district. They're not the people who have the most stable. They're considered to be typically the ones that. We have a Supreme Court entirely made of the mothers who don't give their kids Colgate to brush their teeth. Yeah, because we prefer Crest. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's really... I don't know how we started, how we got like this, but it is weird how much appeals court judges represent. Because appeals court judges are by definition must not represent. When over the, over well, the past over the past 40 years, Republicans have appointed more Supreme Court judges than Democrats have. I guess Republicans have just been lucky that a lot of those judges are either retiring or dying off. Well, and they know the value of packing a court, (laughs) and they're they're, they're not going to play around with with the opportunity to do that. I'm just going to rant real quick. This is what frustrates me. Again? Yes, always. (laughs) This is what frustrates me so much about Democrats is how fucking stupid they are. Like, 
Republicans beat us at everything because they like they know the shit that matters. They can play dirty. Like Republicans, yeah. Republicans fucking twenty five years ago figured out. Listen. It doesn't matter what election we use. If we stack these courts with all the people that agree with us, we win at the end of the day. And just once in my life, I want Democrats to think three steps ahead like the Republicans. Please, Democrats, stop being morons. Well, (laughs) here's a question. Split California into three states and just go for it, man. The the Democrats haven't weaponized the filibusters like the Republicans have. We really could. Um, Actually, Democrats, they pulled the most fantastic filibuster. Oh, they have have pulled a couple, but at least not over substantial things like a lot of Supreme Court judges in fairly recent terms. True, true. I just, my, my, my pet peeve is Democrats keep, keep thinking that, hey, there's this rule book that we should follow. Yeah. And let's, let's do that. And Republicans are like, fuck the rule book. We want power. So this is what I'm going to say to Democrats. If you win on Tuesday, Stop playing your shit. Like, do what Republicans do. DC, take, like, no, take D- power. Washington DC needs to become a state day one. Puerto Rico needs to become a state day like, two. That's that's my California should be split in half. But where are we gonna put that extra star on the flag? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that that's, is an that's, issue. That's that's my compliment to put Republicans. Some, put some gonna, rainbows and some. Put a fucking red balloon on that flag while you're at it. <laughs> put heart stars and horseshoes. I don't give a shit. Like that's my compliment to Republicans. Is like they are. They're loyal. They're 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 loyal as a party, and they're ruthless. Mm-hmm. They will do whatever they need to get done what they want done, or in the case of the last four years, not get anything done except for judges on the courts. Well, so a lot of it has to do with the fact that Democrats are feckless pussies. Like if you were to say they are it's, literally, if you were to say, "I what do you want?" and Democrats are like, "I want gun control," and it's like, "What do you mean by that?" And they're like, "Uh, uh bump stocks." I I don't, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what you fucking want, really. I was Democrats, at Occupy Democrats, Wall. Democrats for all the Democrats. I was at Occupy Wall Street, and it's like, what do you guys want? And it's like, oh, uh, like those bad guys need to get get what they deserve. And it's like, come on, man. Like you could have said that the, the the people who run Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae and Chase Bank, those guys need to go to prison. But you said like we need we need justice. You said something so vague. And so like unqualified that no one gives a shit. And Democrats do that all the time. Hey, remember remember the Occupy movement where like when even went, right now remember when you went to the protests and they refused to use microphones and like megaphones and the person at the front would just say something <laughs> and then everyone in the crowd would slowly repeat it like fucking telephone all the way back. That was stupid, wasn't it? That was real fucking stupid. I, I, I went to those protests and I was like, this is dumb. Just get a microphone, guys. Just get a fucking microphone. <laughs> but there's something unifying about it's like, what do you guys want? It's like, we want to make abortion illegal everywhere. And it's like, well, that's a very stringent goal. That's a very... You can put that in a box, you can wrap it in a bow, you can hand it to someone. It's like, this is what we're doing. With the Democrats, a lot of it is like... Republicans are way better at chance than Democrats are. Republicans can really like get down to the like the, the three-word phrase. Like to really Even if you were to say something like, as speech... Something that I bet Democrats think is very defined, where it's like, we need to close the gender pay gap. And I'd be like, how would you go about doing that, huh? 
What, you think every woman is just getting paid less money at her job? Like, you think a female firefighter makes less than a male firefighter? It doesn't work that way. It's not that simple. It has to do with um, the, the hours that they work. It has to do with the fact that the time that they take off to raise the child. The point is, there's a lot of wispy ideas that the Democrats aren't very good at actually, like, materializing what it is they want. Gun, tr- gun control being my most obvious example, where you could point at almost anyone who says they want gun control and say what the fuck does that mean and they have no clue what the hell they're talking about they're like we need i don't you need to have like a a license to carry a gun or something like you need to get like you need to be put on like uh you need to have a mental health test done before you can own a gun and it's like a mental health test like it's like they don't give you a mental health test when you're getting a car you can kill way more people with a car (laughs) like these are things that that the Democrats deserve to lose something. This is another thing that the Dems do that pisses me off to no end, drives me crazy. And I feel like we lose more people than we gain with it. It's this love of celebrity that we have. Mm. And I'm not going to just say it's the left that does it. The right does it as well. But and it's just a different culture. It's been... I have no hair left. For the listeners at home, I have no hair left. I've ripped Ooh. all my hair out. What do you mean about the love of celebrity? Give yeah. us a rundown on what you're talking I, about. I was wondering that, too. Ricky what? Martin came out this week, and the headline when I read it, it said, Ricky Martin breaks his political silence to speak about why he's voting for Joe Biden. And I said, Ricky Martin breaks his political <laughs> silence. Wait Sorry. a minute. Wait what a minute. hopeful line. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote this down? Alan Alda, former actor from hit series MASH. <laughs> Wait, real quick. Dave, so now that you know that Ricky Martin is voting for Joe Biden, has that has that swayed your vote? That doesn't surprise me. He came out of the closet 15 years ago. Now he's got a different closet. He needs to come out. You're telling me you're not going to vote for who Bruce Springsteen voted for? I mean, Bruce Springsteen has been a Democrat since, I don't know, 1969. Who cares? You know, who cares? I I think these celebrities really coming out and saying who they're going to vote for. Yeah, you're right. It does not matter. Nicki Minaj, I don't care who you think is the best pick for president because you're barely literate as it is. It's fucking ridiculous. Like so I don't know, she's a she's a she's a good rapper, right? Nicki so, Minaj. So is. Sure. Wait, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say Nicki Minaj. Who, uh, who's that girl? Cardi B. Cardi, Cardi B. B, yeah. Cardi B's the one that gets under people's skins. A lot of people had a problem with Cardi B. Right. I know, I guess in, but no, no and, and so the flip side of this. This has been, for me as a black male, and I'm sorry, because I hate that sentence. I hate as a black male. It's one of the worst qualifiers ever. I should never have to say it on the internet. I should just be a guy. Okay, but why is it the worst thing? Because it always feels like I'm saying it followed by a sentence. I don't think I should have to ever address how black I am as like a qualifier to something. But this week... Waka Flocka, Lil Wayne, and 50 Cent all came out saying they're voting for Trump. I then am hit with the the stuffiest guys at the Yacht Club, the driest people, people who eat oatmeal for breakfast and then (laughs) meatloaf corn for dinner. No like, sugar, no butter. How can black men say Trump's racist if Waka Flocka's a fan of his? And... I'll say this as a black guy. 
my issue with Trump isn't that I think he may or may not be racist. If Trump's, I think Trump's about as racist as I think every white millionaire is, which is pretty. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, if you're a white guy and you own a boat, I assume you're pretty racist. And that's like, <laughs> that's There's not that like qualifier. a referendum on those people. Like, I, I, I think you can, this is going to blow some people's minds. I think you can be kind of racist and still be an okay person. <laughs> 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 that that one throws people for a fucking loop, man. But I think it's like, no, I think most people are pretty racist. And I think a lot of them still do stuff. Like, I bet when Barack Obama was like, Joe Biden, I want you to be my VP. Joe Biden was like, well, I guess I owe it to the blacks. <laughs> like... But but then again, Joe uh, Barack Obama picked Joe Biden to be his VP because he was like, "Hey man, you're a white guy from Pennsylvania. I need that Pennsylvania vote." <laughs> like that's <laughs> but exactly like I, I I'm not like oh Trump's racist and that's it. But for me, what gets me is sorry he's from Delaware, guys. I fucked up. But it, Pennsylvania, it, it, Delaware, <laughs> who cares? What what gets hey, me is like the racism. Claim in New York. It is the racism. This is the racism: is to look at someone like Waka Flocka and assume that a, someone like me respects him. Assuming that a guy like me respects Lil Wayne. First off, I thought Lil Wayne was a piece of shit seven years ago when Lil <laughs> Wayne said, "I don't understand how black people can complain about inequality. I managed to do fine." And it's like, Lil Wayne, are you suggesting that everyone becomes a platinum-selling rapper? Is that how you suggest that black kids in underserved communities? Like, I don't like when basketball players... Like, to me, it is very important that every famous basketball player looks down the barrel of the camera and says to black men, you will not become a famous basketball player. <laughs> you need to figure it out. You need to become a dentist. You need to become a carpenter. Do not try to be a basketball player. <laughs> Lil Wayne looked at America and he said, I became a famous rapper. Why can't you? And I said long before Trump was ever on anyone's radar, I was like, get fucked, Lil Wayne. You're an idiot. You're bad for the black children. <laughs> and you know, what Lil Wayne was actually trying to say there in maybe I might be off the mark in saying this was he wasn't directly telling black Americans that you can become a rapper just like me. It's possible. You can become successful more to the point. What he was trying to say is there is opportunity for you to be sex, uh, successful. Even if you are black, you just need to open that door and cross the threshold. And if little Wayne was, if, if you run like a black barber shop. If you run like a, a restaurant, if you run like a black auto body shop, there's tons of those. There's a lot of those making money. There's tons of black car repair shops that make money. So the audacity. The, rappers and basketball players should be banned from talking to young black <laughs> men. They should be absolutely barred from talking to them. In the same way that YouTubers should not be allowed to talk to children. To make them think, oh, I'll just become a famous YouTuber. That should be straight illegal. And I cannot express enough how infuriating it is for me to hear 50 Cent, Lil Wayne, Waka Flocka. To have men in their 60s hold these guys up as exemplars of the black community. As if my Jamaican businessman father they, ever respected these guys. Are they 60? Is that how old they are now? 
I no, think no, the 50 youngest cents is like 40 like, years old. Yeah. Oh, well, you said men in their 60s. Dude, this is going to sound almost controversial, but I will say this. There are no black Kanye fans left. There are only white Kanye fans left. All the black people abandoned him, and we abandoned him years ago. We didn't just abandon him over this recent stuff, but we abandoned him. We abandoned him because he threw a concert tour, took everyone's money for the Yeezus tour, and then canceled the shows after his third thing, took everyone's money. Kanye was a bad person before Trump. (laughs) <laughs> like oh, 50 Cent okay. was a bad person before Trump. Waka Flocka, all these guys were. Lil Wayne had to get jet coptered out of Texas. He had to cancel a show where he took people's money. He had to get jet coptered from Texas to Missouri to go to a hospital because his liver shut down because he had so much fucking uh, codeine syrup in his body. These are not good Wait, people. So, so Kanye sold tickets to a tour and then canceled the tour and kept everyone's money? Yes. Yeah. Yep. No refund policy. What the fuck? Because he had a mental breakdown. It was he was like, oh, I'm having, I'm going crazy. Remember, he was put. He's like, I'm on antidepressants. I got locked up. I'm putting in. But I'm gonna keep your fifty million dollars. These, these. (laughs) Absolutely. I will forgive one. Ice Cube. Ice Cube is different, and I don't want to rank him with all these other ones because Ice Cube got thrown under the bus hard this week. Black people. What Ice Cube do? Uh, Ice Cube attempted to meet with both parties. Ice Cube was like, I want to talk about the plan for... He came up with this thing called the Contract for Black America, where he said, if you want our votes, you need to do this. He sent out messages to both parties. The Democrats didn't hit him back. They fucked up. Democrats said, you've got a pretty nice plan. When Trump's campaign responded, they said... You they said, come nice to the White House. Yeah, let's talk about this. Ice Cube was at the White House? Ice Cube was at the White House talking about the future of black Americans with Trump. And I respect that even though I don't agree with it. I respect what Ice Cube was doing. I respect the deals he's trying to make. Ice Cube understands you got to shake hands with the enemies to figure shit out. But Waka Flocka, 50 Cent, Lil Wayne, it's all money. It is all materialistic money. They would destroy the lives of a hundred of a thousand other black people if they would make them personally more money. So let's consider this. And this is something I recently came upon in the last couple of months. What if these black rappers coming out and publicly stating who they're going to vote for is something to do with culture? I well, have... Black men love being countercultural. If well, a bunch of people are like, I like Chinese food, there will be one black guy in the room who's like, I like pizza. <laughs> like, well, is that what you mean? Is being countercultural? No. Um, it's kind of really hard to explain because this conversation took place months ago. But it was with a good black friend of mine. And he said, black folks talk. They, they don't listen. They talk. And I had to ask, okay, what exactly do you mean by that? We're not going to listen to the ads. We're not going to respond to the surveys. We're going to talk amongst ourselves. Who, who we are and the way they see us as a demographic really boils down to how we talk with each other. So it's uh, not being influenced by outside forces, more, uh, more, more familial of a, thing. More of a self-influential system. Bill Cosby was a big adherent to this idea. Like, that's why Bill Cosby was so pull up your damn pants, is he was like the black people, he firmly believed that the black 
community had to have a conversation with itself, figure out itself, and then use that to like approach outside communities. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the gist of this conversation. And, you know, it really piqued my interest because, hmm, I had never really thought of it in that light. That I, I didn't know what to think about it. And then as time has gone on and we start seeing onesies, twosies of these multimillionaire, uh, famous, up on the pedestal people, this is who I'm voting for. Could that potentially have an effect? It definitely is weird when you got like LeBron out here saying like, well, I don't know about the Uyghur Muslims thing, but the Chinese people definitely have the right to like decide the fate of their own country. And it's like, LeBron, you are just saying that because you have a billion dollars wrapped up in China. Mm-hmm. You don't believe in any of what you just said. You don't believe a word. Yeah, because uh, the NBA is like the biggest consumer, or the, uh, sorry, the chi- China is the biggest consumer of the NBA right now. And it feels good that black people have gotten to a point where we can be corrupt now. Like, <laughs> that feels like a big, what? like... <laughs> Woo, we did it. <laughs> but I um it, it it is it is strange cuz it is like 50 cents very upfront. He's like this is all purely financial for me. And I just think that you need to make the best financial decision, you know. And he's like I just I can't give up 60% of my money. I just can't do that. And I can appreciate the bluntness of it, I guess, but at the same time, fuck him. Kick 50 Cent out of life. He sponsored vitamin water. I hate him. <laughs> vitamin water is dumb. But but you know what? I'll never forget five days before the election, the Democrats chose to air a video of Robert De Niro. Do you remember this? That like Super Bowl ad almost of Robert De Niro talking about. The one with about, the white background and then a couple of other celebrities. Where he's like, I want to punch Trump in the face. Yeah, that, Wait, that was the one. Wait, this just aired? No, this was 2016. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I remember like saying to myself, that must be the most expensive, absolutely ineffectual ad ever purchased. That was like a $40 million ad that said nothing because... No normal person, no person who makes less than 300 grand a year gives a shit what Robert De Niro thinks about like how you're voting this summer. I can't believe either well, yeah. party I can't believe either party in this day and age is still spending money on television ads. I can't believe these celebrity outreach programs, dude. Every day, every single day, it's like, "Hey man, don't you want to know who John Legend's voting for?" And it's like, "No." Why, don't you want to know who like Janine Garofalo is voting for? Don't you want? Don't you want to feel like you're voting for the same person as George Clooney? And it's like, why would? I, what the fuck does this mean? Why? Because at first it's just annoying. At first you're like, I don't care who George Clooney's voting for. But then you realize you start thinking, you're like, I saw that on like a TV ad, and you're like, those cost like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you're like, someone spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to let me know that Bruce Springsteen hates Donald Trump? And you're like, what's the motive? <laughs> it's trust. That's what it is. It may not come down to, oh, they're voting that way? Well, I'm going to do it too. I mean, yeah, there's obviously folks who will do that. But are you some impressionable 18, 19, 20-year-old going to listen to some crusty old white guy saying, hey, vote for this person because they're going to be in your best interest? Or are you going to listen to somebody you idolize a little bit more? 
the curiosity for me is you saw did you watch the Republican National Convention? Uh, no, unfortunately I was elsewhere on that. Well, the Republican National Convention, it was about 30% of it was black men talking. And so the Republican Party is doing this very strange bank shot move of appealing to black young men. And it's working. Trump is pulling black young men and black young Latinos at a way higher rate than Hillary was, and even at a higher rate than he was at 2016. And... It's curious to me because, for one, I'm like, well, black people don't vote, men don't vote, young people don't vote. Why are you trying to get black young men so hard? But they did at the convention at the RNC. It, there were several. Pro- the the attorney general who oversaw Breonna Taylor's uh, shooting, he spoke. It was a Cameron attorney general, William Cameron. He spoke. There's a lot of like young black men terraforming, and I'm wondering, does the Republican Party see their future in young black and young Hispanic men? Because they are putting, they're putting more effort in than nothing. Well, they kind of like. Are... I've never seen an ad trying to appeal to an, a single Asian American ever in my entire life, and. And I feel like black young men are about the same size voting block. So it's really weird to me to see how hard the Republicans are going. I don't know, to seem cool? I Well, actually... To say Kanye's are... We like Kanye, too. Nick, the Republican Party... All right, so... I feel like there's some truth to what you're saying, and also... So the Republican Party, many years ago, realized that their voting block is old white men and that a voting block is dying out. So they need to make themselves like sexy to minorities and younger people, which they, which they, that was their original plan. But then when Trump got elected, I think you saw the Republican party move back towards, I'd say xenophobic ideas and maybe ideas that didn't necessarily, um, weren't, exactly open to minorities, but even though that's that's coming from a Democrat, that's coming from me, a Democrat, I viewed the Republican, I, I look at Republicans and the Trump Republicans, and I'm like, you guys are xenophobic, you guys are racist, fuck you. But then, but then, let me give you an anecdote. But then, so my parents are immigrants and they're fucking on board for Trump. They've got accents, thick ass accents. If you talk to my dad right now, you'd be like, what the fuck did you just say, Mr. Morgan? I don't even know. <laughs> Um, like your English accent is, it's thick as shit. I don't know what you said. And then earlier this year, I was in South Florida. I was riding my bike down there and I'm like in front of it. And this is anecdotal evidence. So it's, you know, it's not, it's not statistical evidence, but I'm like in front of a gas station getting a drink. Cause I've been riding my bike all day. And like in front of the gas station is, um, two Hispanic guys talking to two Jamaican guys who were also riding their bikes that day. And they start talking about politics and, th- and all of them are like, yeah, man, if Biden thinks he's going to win, like, fuck him. <laughs> like, Trump, like, 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 tr- like Trump all the way. And, and, and I'm just like, what is happening? Like, because it, it didn't click in my head. I was like, all right, Trump is racist, right? But I'm looking at two Hispanic men with accents talking to two Jamaican men with thick accents. And all four of them are voting for Trump. And I'm just like... 
maybe I'm not seeing the whole picture. That's like, so I funny don't... <laughs> to me. Once again, I don't know. Like, what, that, am, what am I seeing, Hampton? I don't devilish know. Devilish <laughs> phrase. As a black man, that's very funny because because it, it makes Trump being racist such a simple thing. It's like Trump's racist. Blacks and Hispanics can't vote for him, and it's like absolutely blacks and as a black man. I've thought every candidate that wasn't Obama was kind of racist. <laughs> I thought I think Clarence Thomas is super racist. Like I think Justice Alito is racist. I think so I think oh, they're all absolutely. I don't I think everyone over 45 in America can't help it. And so it's like it's a funny thing to be like, "Oh, you can't vote for that guy. He's racist." And it's like, "I I I wouldn't say Biden's. I, I I don't know. I wouldn't say Biden's not racist, but I would say that like I don't know when Biden started to think of black people as being equal to him. But I don't think it was when he was a kid. Uh, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say 1997. Sometime post crime bill. <laughs> Sometime, sometime gonna, after go, the big crime bill. You guys want to take bets on this? I'm throwing my hat in for 1997. $10 yeah. on 1997. You, <laughs> you might not be too far off the mark with that remark he made in 77 about his kids not going into a uh, enclosed jungle. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, but but I'm saying he's, he's been he's been a Democrat since But that's that's He's, the thing, he's been though, in office is, since 1968 when people were still to, racist as shit. This speaks to Trump's rising numbers with Hispanic and black so is that I think for white people they think calling Trump racist is like a kill shot for them. It's and not. it's mm. not. It doesn't and, mean but it's shit. Not, but as I said it's like I Hey, re- real quick, we're going to keep moving on. Yeah. So, Ham- Hampton, you brought up something, since we're talking about identity politics with race, you brought up something in the notes about micro-identities. So explain to us what you were talking about when you were talking about that. I'm referring to all of these various different acronyms. Well, I, I'm, I'm saying micro-identities, but I, just as an example, because we have, I feel like, this compulsive need to classify and identify every single thing. and But, again... I think what all of these things represent, we take them literally in How reality. M- so, you know, suddenly... Are you talking about, like, all the letters that keep getting added on to the end of LGBTQ? Well, I, I'm, I'm not only saying that. Watch, I'm saying, watch yourself I'm saying, I, I'm saying that this is You're going to get I'm just saying that this... I'm just getting confused. That this, I'm saying that this is a, a broader phenomenon. You can use that as an example, but I think that the way we see identity now, we see it as you know, rather than something that's supposed to be representative or, you know, encompassing of what a person thinks, we, we see it as a stand, we see it as a standard and we see this idea. So if you're a Republican or or if you're a Democrat, you, you must be like this, this person who supports all these things. And I think that we lose the nuance of who we are when we, this becomes like, uh, you know, a black and white standard, like with which we try to hold each other to. But it, you can see it in sexuality, in politics, and all in all of this stuff. We're we're losing we're losing sight of how complex individuals are. I we really I wanted are. to point out Ben Shapiro tweeted after Amy Coney Barrett's nomination. He was like, I don't understand how people are against a woman being empowered like this. And it was exactly the type of reductionist shit where it's like Amy Coney Barrett. It is like she is first a woman, second a mother, second third a mother of adopted kids, 
fourth, a Christian. And then it's like fifth is her vote is her like judicial record. Well, and, it's, <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, wait, she's also 43, which means if we put her on the court, we get 42 years out of her. But I, I'm saying like, but then it's your- like of all of the reasons she was considered for her position, her judicial record was fifth or sixth on the list. It was like, well, Ginsburg's a woman. We got to replace a woman with a woman. We got to get a Christian woman in there. We got to get a Christian woman who believes the things we want. So we got to get a Christian woman with a big family. Like, there were, there were so many. And a, and a family with black children. We yeah. have to have a family with black there children. There were so many circles on the Venn diagram <laughs> that Wait, needed she, to she be. She has black children? She yes. has two Haitian children. Yes. Adopted. And oh, so not like a with a black husband? And. No, she didn't. No. So she didn't have like a side affair? And this is the, this is the child. more juicy. This is the child birthright kill shot about Amy Coney Barrett. She has a child with Down syndrome that she knew was going to have Down syndrome two months into the pregnancy. Decided to carry it out. She raised the child, which is respectable. Can't fault her for that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't wish that on someone. But if you've got a compromised child, she walks the walk. She's like, if you were to look at her and say, oh, should a woman have to have a baby even if the baby's medically compromised? But, but Amy Coney Bear can look at you and say, I did. But you see, Nick, when we when we see these all of these identities, whether it be like a mother, whether it be someone's gay or they're straight or they're a Republican, it's like, or like this Peter is Steele, a again, gay straight Republican. But this is yes, exactly. Like you have it is the appearance of what a person is versus actually, you know, what are their judicial decisions? What are the most important meat and potatoes things that we need to be getting to and the points we need to be focusing on? But we find that this this ideology of just, you know, this idea of a businessman, trying, this idea yeah, of trying a politician. Trying to fit people into neat categories. Well, and it's not, it's not the trying as so much as it is like the absolutism of all how we how we use these things not so much as like heuristics or ideas to represent something in reality something in reality but something like to which we try to hold each other to to in in a way in in a way we see you know you must you must be if you're a mother that 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 triggers something in us in a, at least in a certain um, population and, and people have said that like if you're if you're a white Christian mother like of course you that's should what, be a, a and Republican. people and people you say people like, say that the Republican aesthetic of its ideals is much mo- more coherent in that it is that like longing melancholia for the 1950s for this culture war for the a lot of these culture war issues and you have you have this manifestation kind of on both sides. Obviously, you yeah, can, in, we can in, all make in, our judgment. In, in, in the same aspect that, like, but the Democrats, if, you're, if you're a black mother, we expect you to be a Democrat. And but the Democrats, but the Democrats, uh, like aesthetic, is much less coherent in that it's not an idea that once existed. We're trying to create something here new, and so trying to gather people around. Although it's been easier, I think the Republicans have shown that their their aesthetic is dying as are its people. No, it's just morphing. And it, this gets weirder because when you get into things like Facebook and I mean, okay, ad... Well, hold on. He's got a point. Their, the slogan well, is you, make America great again. Well, I mean, a, what I mean... A, you, this, I but you, 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 that's a slogan that's trying to take America back to a certain 
a certain yeah, view, a certain view of America, right? Well, it it is, but it is what he's talking about. This micro identity stuff, it's just it's getting worse because increasingly, as we live in this ad supported life model where everything, everything's ad supported, and so everyone is constantly forced to categorize things. Because in order for Google to make money off of you, Facebook make that's money what I'm off saying. You, it's Amazon not the category. You, it's it's they, not the they, category. They don't just say you're you're not just Hampton a you know, gay like person who works. It's like you are a gay white man between the age of 18 and 25, lives in Jacksonville, is interested in ponies. We know that you have a passing interest in unicycles. We know that you were in, we know that you look up kale. Ponies and unicycles? We know that that you're interested in health stats because we know that you like scan. You look up, when you're in these grocery stores, we know that you tend to look up price info on these products. Like the micro-targeting that we're living in, the way that the well, apparatuses that are trying to affect you, and the reason like Vitaly and I get a hundred phone calls a day from voter registry and people is because they're like, these guys are not just young right. voters. We know that these guys are politically active. We know that these guys probably both voted in the primary. We know all of these fucking everyone has so many labels attached. Well, like and Facebook we, has what is we, it? 16,000 different unique identifiers. Every democratic organization out there, please stop texting me. I regret donating money to you See guys now? two months ago because I have gotten so many phone calls and texts. Stop. See now stop. what they're going to do is they're going to text you. me. Hey, hey, if you guys text me one more time, I will fucking vote for Trump. Swear to God, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll vote for Trump if you text me again. By saying right. that, you've sorted... Text him again. Text him again. You've sorted yourself into the lord demographic of Democratic voters, and so now they know to target you with the ads that are actually formulated to go after people that are specifically... They, they've actually traced your eye movements on the screen to where you're looking at so they can detect your cortisol levels to detect the stress in your body, and so they're like... Oh, actually, you want to send him the ad where the stress peak kicks in at this point. It's, this is what they were talking about with um, Cambridge Analytica in 2016. Oh, is that the that. reason the Trump campaign was so effective is because they were able to cut. They were able to cut people so narrow that they were like, "I want make a commercial that is only effective for people in Wisconsin who were born in the year 1983." Like, make a commercial that people born in 82 and 84 don't understand, but for people who work in who were born it's like in a 83, Facebook ad for three people. people who are from Kenosha County, Wisconsin, whose father was a coal miner and mother was a nurse, target those people and hit them with this ad that we are positive will flip their shit and that's how people say trump won in 2016 well yeah because he basically copied and pasted obama's playbook because that's how obama won is they were like yeah we need to find the people that are like conflicted about the they they it's it's what nate silver's entire career is based off of now is that these that, that actually that's a good point because Obama Obama was the first president that was that was because that was he was that, like the that, first, was, that was the onset of social media so Obama was the he first, was the first president with a cell phone but that was the first presidential candidate that obviously made really good use of the new phenomenon social media but then the Trump campaign did 
take that but, to like a new level. But what I'm mm-hmm. saying is when the people at the top who run our lives, when everyone at Facebook is forced to see everyone around them as not a person, but this distillation of hundreds of probabilistic things where it's like, Vitali, I don't know who the fuck you are, but I know that people with Ukrainian parents tend to do this. And I know that guys tend to do this. And I know people with mustaches like you tend to do this. And I know the people who go to the places you tend to go to because we're tracking your phone tend to do this. And at a certain point, I can create such a probabilistic certainty of who I guess you are as a motherfucker that how can we not start thinking of people in these well, and easy ass terms? How I can think, you not just think of someone I, as I think to, a label to your, to your point, right? Like, I think this is one of the ways in which like people like, manage to cap capitalize off of it. But I think, you know, these are norms that we are internalizing. And like, so it's not so much, what they are in themselves, right? What they represent, but how they've been manipulated and how we see them because of our way of thinking in these such absolutist terms. I'm not saying they are bad in themselves and, you know, we should just not identify anything. But the thing is, it becomes a thing a thing of, you know, to use the word like gay. Like, what is it? What does it mean to be gay? Can you can you be can you be straight and have and have ideas about guys? Do you have to have sex with guys? But if you had thoughts about women, were you not gay? There there are, there are a lot of different areas and I I mean I'm gay. I'm very very gay. But there are a lot of people in this world who feel so conflicted and they're like, "Ooh, you know, because I'm lesbian or because I'm this, I can't believe in this or I can't do that." And I I don't get if you're, if you're, I don't, see, get, uh, here's the thing I don't is, get that need to have, I have to fit into this little box. Well, the thing is, you're making the mistake of trying to define yourself. Exactly. Whereas, That's what I'm saying. Like it's you, the function. You don't have to tell people you're gay. Yes. Because Google knows what porn you look for. Absolutely. Amazon knows what you buy. You could say, Amazon, I'm not gay. And Amazon would be like, no, you're gay. And we shouldn't have this, <laughs> we shouldn't have this need to identify. We shouldn't have listen, this need listen, to identify hey. and prove ourselves. So real, 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 social media social media has thrown everybody into categories. Social media knows things about you before you know things about themselves. There have been stories going back 10 years of fucking Target sending like catalogs for baby items for girls that hadn't even told their parents that they're pregnant yet. Let me rephrase this a little for you guys. Of all of the biggest companies in America right now, you've got Microsoft, you got Facebook, you got Google, you got Amazon, you got Netflix. Of those companies, Microsoft and Facebook are in the business of selling you a product. Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, and Google the other four biggest companies in America are, are all in the business of labeling you. They are in the business of professionally putting you in a box. Google makes its money by going to people who are like, I want to sell shaving cream for chess. And we like, we know exactly who the fuck will buy this because we put those niggas in a box. It's like America's chief export is figuring out what type of motherfucker you are. Literally four of our six biggest companies' job is to figure out. This is like we know what kind of motherfucker you are. Nick, we, like, we, this could be a whole episode. Let's let's move on to our next category of normal a news. Whole lot of episodes in this one. Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> this is the last one. This is the, this yeah. is the closer. <laughs> we might briefly mention the polls just because I want to, but we're let's let's talk about Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse has been extradited to Wisconsin. The state of Illinois has declared that Kyle Rittenhouse needs to be extradited to Wisconsin so that Wisconsin can figure out 
what to do with this boy. I'm conflicted on Kyle Rittenhouse. I think he's going to be made an example of, and I feel bad because I think he shouldn't have been there. I think it's, it's just my quick view of it. It's criminal that his boss asked him to help him defend his car dealership. Just straight up, if my boss ever... Not his boss. He worked at that car dealership? His boss at that car... Yeah, he was like... He helped out with that car dealership. He was a 17-year-old working at a car dealership. He was a gopher. That's what he was. A gopher? Hey, I need you to go take care of this. Yeah, he brought the cars around or cleaned them out. Why is he working in a different state? Was it that close? Don't hold up Uh, on the man's job. Was it like a short drive? Yeah, of like all the minutes. things you're gonna litigate, you're gonna litigate the guy's job. I just I'm trying to figure out why a 17 year old is working in a car dealership. They in work a different in state. dealerships. Hell, my first job was a recycling plant at 12 years old. Yeah. Was it across state lines? Well, no. <laughs> just, okay. So, okay, moving on. Sorry. I, just, I don't think I was just trying to figure it out. <laughs> so I don't think his boss. I do think there is a big issue of your boss asking you as a teenager to deputize yourself. To if any of my property. bosses had ever asked me to defend their store, I'd been like, "Fuck you, no way." I would yeah. actively tell them, "You, you have get insurance. Fucked. This is what you pay insurance for." If my boss is like, go get your gun and defend my car dealership, I'm like, I will be the one stealing the first car. (laughs) (laughs) But But I do think it's complicated because... You don't want See, to encourage his boss asked him to defend. You him. don't want to encourage. I don't think Rittenhouse is wrong for shooting these guys. I think it's wrong that he was there. I think you shouldn't put seventeen-year-olds in dangerous scenarios with guns because they're gonna do stupid shit. They're like teenagers. We don't let them drink. We don't let them drive cars because they're gonna do dumb shit. We know they're gonna do dumb shit, and so I feel bad. And I don't know if the state's going to make an example of him because they're going to say you can't get an assault rifle. Like It's like regardless of how you feel about like the Bloods or the Crips, you're not allowed to get an assault rifle and say I'm going to go shut down the Crips. You know? It's like you're going to have a bad time. That's going to turn into a shootout. You're not allowed to do something that's going to obviously involve turn if, if you think that house down the street's a trap house you're not allowed to get your gun and go and become deputized and go start but that this isn't that this is he was under attack okay so this story was complicated because i remember reading it doesn't this. help that two of the guys that he shot were like pedophiles <laughs> like, no dude one of the guys that he shot was like a amateur skateboarder that people said was like defending because when have i have seen the video well, that when I, when I read the story, I remember. So he had already—I don't remember what happened in the first inter- encounter, but he had already shot somebody, and then he was walking down the street, and like another dude who was like skateboarding at the protest was literally, basically trying to smash in his skull he, with a skateboard. But he was doing that because he'd already killed somebody. He pointed his Negative. gun at a guy. Negative. The guy got angry at him, threw a bottle at him. And then tried to fight him. Kyle Rittenhouse tried to... I'd be pissed to, off if somebody pointed a gun at me, too. I, I, and that's the issue. The, he pointed the gun at the guy. The guy got angry, threw a beer bottle at him, tried to fight him. And in his attempt to run away, this guy kept trying to fight him. So Kyle turned around and shot him. I don't... You shouldn't try to fight someone who's got a rifle. <laughs> like a loaded rifle slung around their shoulders. Are you fucking kidding me? You're going to try to punch that guy? But also, why is a kid walking around pointing his gun at people? I don't care. I'm not going to fight a dude with a rifle. That's saying. dumbass shit. I, this, goes back to, this goes back to the argument that he should have He should have never been there. What's so, your take on this? Yeah, we're, So obviously. there's like three, maybe four. Four videos in total that make up that whole night. 
uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, one of the earlier videos that I can remember was uh, at a gas station. Somebody had set a dumpster on fire and he was trying to put it out. And the people that were around this dumpster actually got physical with him over it. Uh, cut to the one main video that everybody knows where he's running down the street and whatnot. If you pay close attention, there is actually a shot rung out by somebody chasing him. Now, it's not one of the two people he shot. He doesn't know that either. But he turns around to take a look, and that's when a secondary person tackles him to the ground. And I think he is that the video with the skateboarder that's like smashing him in the head with a skateboard? No, no. Uh, a man runs up to Kyle, and while Kyle's on the ground, he puts his hands in front of him. And this is where the hot topic of debate comes in: is the man puts his hands up and he pulls out a gun, and then Kyle blows his arm off. And uh, the debate is: was that man going to shoot Kyle, or was that man saying? Stop shooting, and Kyle shot him. From my look of it, 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 it's 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 complicated. It's like the the guy he shot in the arm was actually the skateboarder. Yes, believe it or not. Um, and funny story about the skateboarder: he was a felon. He shouldn't have had a gun, anyways. I didn't know the skateboarder had a gun. I thought he was just hitting him in the head. No, with no. The the, uh, when Kyle was on the ground, a man pulled a gun out, and Kyle shot him in the elbow. For pulling the gun out. Yeah. And whether that man was going to shoot him is up in the air. Some people yeah. say that man was saying, put your gun down, and Kyle shot him in the arm. Other people are saying that guy pulled his gun out and is like, I'm going to execute this kid. And he got shot in the arm. And unlike most of the media, I'm not going to immediately like pile on and say Kyle Rittenhouse is like a piece of shit. I'm like, he's 17. He shouldn't have been here. He shouldn't have been in that situation. I don't think any 17-year-old in America would react well to that situation. Uh, And it's weird, though, because now the state of Wisconsin has to say, are we going to let people be Batman or not? Are you allowed to suit up, gear up, and go into a hostile situation? Am I allowed to go into the middle of like a gang war between the Bloods and the Crips and start opening fire because I'm protecting property? Like... No, you that sh- seems you fucking crazy to yeah, allow. It's stupid. So, but let let's take that snapshot in time right there with the first shot. Who that guy straight up died because it was to the dome. Not gonna lie. If somebody is threatening your life, and you've probably got less than a second to live, are you gonna ponder the? consequences of your actions are you going to ponder the optics of the situation or are you going to preserve your own life because i can speak from personal experience with this thing called the use of force continue and a whole bunch of other things when it comes right down to it doesn't matter if it's a gun that you have a gun they have they have a knife whatever are you going to act to defend yourself because his defense right now is saying these two shoots were in self-defense, but that's not the point I'm getting at because the question I'm asking pertains to Kyle Rittenhouse in that first shoot. But that's also a question that a lot of people don't realize is also being asked with police action nowadays, but put yourself in Kyle Rittenhouse's shoes. You are on the ground. You've got your gun in hand. And if I'm remembering correctly, 
this person was trying to wrestle it away from him, and he had happened to see what he thought was a gun. You have a snap of a finger to decide, do I live or die? Well, okay, so you say put myself in Kyle Rittenhouse's shoes. I would never be in Kyle Rittenhouse's shoes because I honestly think Kyle Rittenhouse is a dumbass. Well, I don't understand. I don't understand why a 17-year-old kid grabbed a rifle and went to a protest where he knew things would get violent with his gun. That right there, from the get-go, right there, that is a stupid decision or from a 17-year-old. Did his parents? Didn't his parents let him go? Didn't his parents let him go? His mom drove him there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You have the parents enabling the kid. Like I know, I, I get. I. It's, but real quick, Nick, I, I get. Dave, I get what you're saying. Like you're. It's at that moment. It's it's self-defense. But from the get-go, I don't believe. Like, see, I don't see anything that happened there as self-defense because. Kyle Rittenhouse and people like Kyle Rittenhouse went there because they were trying to get violent. We we were seeing, <clears throat> and like I, I, there was there was a lot of violence everywhere going on, but there was a lot of right wingers. I'm gonna say that went to these places and they were like, they they weren't like. Fuck you if you're going to tell me you were there to protect property. Well, you were there because you wanted to get in a fight and you had a gun. You were hoping to see some action there for the pursuit of violence. Well, and well, I think I think you, with you can't right. say that. But that has nothing but, to do with this case and what's what's it, actually about. Like, like I think I think I think the normative question. Yeah. You you do have a point in saying that. But. And I'm not saying this to um, criticize you in any way. I mean, criticize me all you want. I'm well, an idiot sometimes. <laughs> uh, let me rephrase that. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to take away from what you're saying. But if you can more confidently say that if somebody rolls up in full tactical kit, they got the guns, the mag pouches, all that stuff. But this was a 17-year-old kid who got a rifle supposedly in state, which we had previously discussed. However, he also brought along with him a first aid kit. And in one of the earlier videos, I can't remember if he was the shot or if somebody else was the shot, but there was a video of somebody laying on the ground in between two cars, and he was trying to render aid. But then he got chased off because obviously he had a long arm on him. That, to me, doesn't give me the idea that he was there to, you know, mess stuff up. I now, agree that I he just, could have I, opened fire way earlier. Like, the situation... I just think you there see to... A non, you see a non-zero degree of restraint occurring. You see that this situation did not get violent as soon as it could. There was a lot of attempts at de-escalation and more so separation. Mm -hmm. And then it escalated. And, when it, and that's why it gets so complicated for me to say, like, no, the guy, I don't know how angry you're allowed to be if someone points a gun at you. But the man who started the fight with Rittenhouse, it, it, it's like this all hinges on, do you think he was right to throw a bottle at I think at you're Kyle? allowed to be pretty angry if a person points a gun at you. Are you allowed to throw a bottle at him? Because that was like the thing as some people say it was a Molotov cocktail other people say it was just a beer what do you, bottle. What, do you, what are you supposed to do if someone points a gun at you? Just stand there until they shoot you? I don't In understand. In some states it's assault. 
It's assault. Yeah, What's assault? Them pointing even, a gun at you? No, in some states it's considered. Yeah. In some states it's considered brandishing. In other states it's considered assault. Yeah, but none of that would have been none. The the thing about that night in Kenosha was the guys like Kyle Rittenhouse were on the same side as the cops. The cops well, were supporting them. Even if, the even thing, if Kyle Rittenhouse had pointed his gun at every motherfucker he came across, the cops wouldn't have gave a fuck. And well, here's the meta thing for me about all of this, is this whole thing is like an ad campaign. And that's what sucks. <laughs> this whole thing's an ad campaign for the governor of Wisconsin and the police officers. The police want people to think the world is dangerous. And the governor wants people to think that they care about black people. And it's, I have the, I happen to have the personal experience of having been at Occupy LA, where after holding LA City Hall hostage for two and a half months, the LA wrangled up 2,200 SWAT team officers from surrounding counties, sent them in, and in less than four hours, I was standing 8,000 people strong. I, I was not with a small group of people. They shut our shit the fuck down, bro. They... So whenever I see these riots, whenever I see cars getting flipped, set on fire, I'm like, eh, someone's letting this happen. I don't know if it's the mayor because they want the people to... I don't know what the mayor wants people to think, and I don't know what the police want people to think, and I don't know what the National Guard wants people to think, but I'm positive between the three of them, this could get shut down instantly. Almost instantly. So So when I see a car on fire in a mall parking lot, I'm like, someone wants that to be there, and I mean someone up at the top. I'm not sure why. It's getting kind of weird. Because I know that the police artificially let the murder rates get high when they want to request budget increases. Well, the police are also pretty smart from a tactical standpoint. Hey, if quick, they're outgunned and outnumbered, they're, they're not going in. Quick question. So obviously we're talking about the optics of the Kyle Rittenhouse situation, but let's get back to the, the brunt of it. What is he being charged with? What what? So he's been... So Manslaughter? He's, be, he's, he's, being, Second e- degree? he's being extradited uh, to Wisconsin. What murder, is he being charged actually. with? Second degree murder? Second, let me look it up, but yes, I believe murder is one. Well, and I'm sure you have the dimension of, you know, you have intent, whether or not, you know, are they saying saying he had intent because he went there with a weapon? Right. That's what I'm saying is that that's that's has to be the only basis is that when when you're bringing an assault style weapon. And we also so we also briefly discussed this before we started recording the podcast with Dave. Is he being charged for bringing a weapon across state lines? Uh, is that also a charge being brought against him? Well, I believe they no. say the weapon was in the state. That's correct. So it was provided to him. I, I forget by whom exactly, but it was provided to him in the state of Wisconsin. So there was no interstate trans, uh, tr- interstate traveling of firearms. Now, in the scenario that we mentioned with the whole Jacksonville to Maine situation, yes, that would be highly illegal. But only because in those two circumstances, if we had that stop in New York, between what what Dave is talking about is we were talking about the intricacies of traveling traveling with a weapon in your car. If you drove a gun from Florida to Maine, exactly how many laws you would violate? Well, I will say in some states, isn't it true that in some states you have to put your your rifle on the dash only in some states if you're driving? Right. That I'm not aware of. I know that's I know I know I know in in North Carolina and in, and like some of the states up there they have 
uh, so you have to like show your weapon. Well, if if you have if you have a like a shotgun or something, you have to like put it out where like the officer can see it. And honestly, I think that at least I think that's advantageous. But what what do you honestly think about something like that? Well, uh, there's quite a few angles to go at the scenario you're posing. But from a law perspective, I mainly follow Florida because obviously we live here. And I also follow California because unfortunately for me, that may be my future in the next seven years. But do you, do you think it's better for someone to have their weapon concealed in, in their car when a police uh, you know, shows, uh, shows up and pulls them over? Or do you think it's better for it to be laid out on the dash or something where they, they can see it? Okay, so that's the angle you're coming from. So... No matter the state, because there are some states that dictate you have to disclose you have a firearm mm-hmm. on you or in your vehicle. If you get stopped by the police, hands at 10 and 2 o'clock, and when they come up and knock on the window, you roll your window down, they say license and registration. First thing you should do, officer, for your safety and my safety, I would like to respectfully inform you that I have a firearm on my person. From here, how would you like to proceed? Because then that puts the power into the police officer's hands. Now, why do you want to do that? You want to let the cop know that you have a firearm because a police pullover, a police situation like that, and well, interacting with police in general, they're the overall authority because they're trying to enforce the law. Don't ever ask them to interpret it. They're just there to enforce it. get ruined by the legal system. And I think the legal system is very easy. It's very good at accidentally ruining Wait, people's it's lives. It's focused on punitivism and, and retribution. It, it's not even the system itself. It's just the process that the system has set up that gets people 85% of the time. Because even... Let's say, let's imagine, for example, Kyle Rittenhouse is 21 years old, legally an adult who can purchase his own handguns because of um, the... No, the Brady Bill. Kyle Rittenhouse goes through months of judicial proceedings. He has to afford his own lawyer. He has to afford his own travel, blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, a judge says, you know what? Those were good shoots. You're a free man. This will not go on your record. Okay, cool. You're good in the eyes of the law. But now you're potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in the friggin' hole just... Per, just um, trying to protect yourself. Oh. It's not even the... It's not even the judicial system at fault for really ruining people's lives. I mean, yes, I do agree. It does happen. It's just the process itself that screws people up. I think about people getting... I think of the, the, uh, the guy in Seattle who got busted for pirating like Lord of the Rings, who had his door kicked in with a battering ram. I think of the guys who started Pirate Bay getting their house raided in Sweden. I just think that... Wisconsin is encouraged to try to, every now and then a state is put in a position where it's like, hey, right or wrong, you need to make sure that no one else ever does something like this again. Like if you get caught hijacking a plane, you, you're getting a thousand years. You're getting a million years. 
You're going to get one of those crazy sentences that you don't even understand. They're going to say, well, you got 12, 200 million year sentences because they need to show people that there's extreme consequences to what you do. And I know that vigilantism, because guys, we all want to be Batman. It's so fucking cool being Batman. But states hate that shit. Police hate that shit. There's nothing the police hate more than when someone decides to become like hunter or something. Well, it's because right. governing bodies want to have an, a monopoly on violence, not to enact, but mm-hmm. they should be the only ones to use it in case it has to be used. And so if if Ky- if the state of Wisconsin finds Kyle Rittenhouse guilty, they are going to sh- they are going to fist his ass, man. They are going to destroy that boy. There's and this. I feel so bad because when I it's been politicized and that's why you why told you have cuz you can't have a million batmans out I guess, there. I guess it's dangerous. Nick, you feel bad for the kid, I don't. Moving on. Well, we'll, we'll look, listen. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll follow. We'll fo- we'll we'll check we'll back in. Case. We'll check back in with Kyle Rittenhouse in ongoing podcasts. Look, it's but it's scenario. listen. It's listen, a bad scenario, top to bottom. We've been, oh, yeah. we, we've been we've yeah, been talking. We've been talking for quite a bit, and it's probably time for us to s- slow down and check Wrap out. But um, I'm just before we before we move on and check out for the evening. Yes. I did want to go ahead and just quick quickly mention some of the polls that have been coming out. So. We've talked about quite a bit of topics tonight, but as everybody knows, the election is on Tuesday. <laughs> Most re- recent polls show that the Democrats have a 98% chance of maintaining the control in the House. They have a 76% chance of winning the Senate, and they have an 89% chance of Joe Biden winning the presidency. Now, going off of what we learned in 2016, do we believe the polls? Or the polls trash and anything could fucking happen Tuesday. In 2016, Hillary Clinton lost because of a 4.5% polling error across several of the swing states. Joe Biden is up in the swing states by more than five points. So even if there was a 4.5% polling error, Joe Biden's still winning Pennsylvania by six by 0.6 points. And so it's still a wash, people. So do so we believe the polls? The polls are an accurate representation of what we think is going to happen? If well, Donald hey, Joe Trump Biden. wins this election, our ideas of phone banking, data collection... Every wow. every statistician working for polling companies is, is going to get fired. fired. 538 is going to declare bankruptcy... <laughs> like every single Rasmussen, Gallup polling, all of these companies, real clear politics, all of these companies will cease to exist overnight if Donald Trump wins because we will know that all, all metrics the are bullshit. All, every number. Well, and we thought the polling was bullshit in 2016. If Donald Trump wins in 2020, which he might, we will know for a fact that. Polls are nonsense. Don't listen to them. Fire every political <laughs> pundit at NBC. Rachel Maddow is going to get fucking shot into the sun. Oh, man. I'd love to see her tears rolling oh on my national God. TV oh my God. Again. They're going to put her on a goddamn <laughs> trebuchet and shoot her into a brick wall if Trump wins. So here, here's my conservative take on it. The do, poll- you, do you believe the polls? No, I don't. Not they be- got it wrong last time. I mean, Not because... Oh, mainstream media is running the polls. Obviously, they're going to bias it towards their preferred candidate. I mean, there are biased polls, but there are also unbiased polls. To to be fair, it's just bad polling practices. 
that's really what it is. There, and there's a lot of nuance that gets lost yeah, I, I, in, so, in in pigeonholing certain people because a lot of a lot of polls are conducted just through phones specifically. Yeah, I had this conversation with Nick earlier because I was I was talking to him and I was like, <clears throat> Nick, how exactly are polls done nowadays? Because any phone call I get a number for I don't recognize, I don't fucking pick up that phone and I text them and say, don't ever call me again. So obviously, so I I am not as an individual. I am not someone who will ever be represented in a poll because I don't ever pick up the fucking phone. No, you're well, represented. Well, well, because for every one of you that they they know how many no, guys because, like you no, are. No, Nick, if somebody picks up a phone, they're nothing like me. No, they're, they're, they're picking they're, up the phone. They're, they're guys like me. <laughs> there are guys. There you. There are guys with Eastern European families who who emigrated here in the same year you were born. And if like, they pick up, if they pick up. Phone the phone for phone numbers they don't recognize. They're nothing like me. Fuck them. <laughs> well, follow me on this for instance because CNN. I don't like any news organizations. Yes, I have my preferred poison, but CNN's just the absolute worst. I like that phrase, my preferred poison for news. Well, that, that's that really what it is. <laughs> that's that, that's really what it is nowadays. But anyways. CNN is the absolute worst at polling practices. They'll put out on their website. Or well, to be fair, like I, I never trust the polls of like the major news organizations. Like I, Let the man yeah, speak. I know. I go, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, if you've watched CNN before, and most anybody has, they'll usually say, "Our CNN polls show most Americans." Hold up there. Wait a minute. Who who is the target base for CNN viewership? Mostly liberal-minded people. What is this poll you're speaking of that's spoken to most Americans? It's usually a small sampling size of, say, 1,391. How exactly is less than 1,400 people representative of Americans as a whole? And by extension... These major polling entities like uh, 538, Gallup, and all that, they do the same thing. There's, uh, they'll, like we were do discussing we know, earlier. Do we know how many people, like, like how many people is 538 polling? No, 538 is an, an aggregator. Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. an aggregator. But of Rasmussen. Other, so Gallup, Gallup poll. Gallup will typically poll, an average Gallup poll, I think, is like, it, it is like, 3,000 people. But it's like America's got... Uh, here's my thing. Here's my big thing. So 3,000 people, at that's any not representative given anything. point, At yeah. any given point, 40% of voters are not voting. And people think, oh, that 40% of voters that aren't voting is always the same. And it's like, no. At any given point, 40% of people... The margin of error is too big for anyone to make accurate calls because at any point, 40% of people could be mobilized... For any reason, and that number is large enough. When you're talking about two point, three point swings, and you consider that forty percent of the people who could think, who could affect things, aren't even participating, to me, it's always a toss up. You can always have a landslide in any direction because the fact of the matter is, most people don't vote. And so, if you ever have a situation where a lot of people decide to, like this election. Always be caught off guard because the fact is, when only sixty percent of people are turning out on a good year, on like like last twenty sixteen, we hit like what fifty one percent voter turnout. This year, mm. we're talking about record turnout because so we might hit sixty five. They're, they're predicting we might hit sixty five. 
that still means 35 out of 100 voters are saying, fuck off, I don't want to participate. Yeah, Nick, they're, so they're predicting we might have like 20 to 30 more, uh, 20 to 30 million. million more voters than we did four years ago. Which it's still yeah like I mean what the, we don't know what those twenty to thirty million voters are gonna do I guess fuck it man it's we'll, all we'll up see, in the air we'll see on Tuesday guys we don't know shit nobody does on Tuesday now I guess I'm gonna say on Thursday by Thursday we might know something <laughs> by December by December right. by January Oof. by the date of the inauguration because like like, I, like we like we've talked about before like yeah. the the election will happen on Tuesday both. Both campaigns are stacked to the fucking teeth with the most expensive lawyers in the world. Sheldon Adelson just gave Trump $75 million of straight cash. So if you guys are looking for entertainment, we will be here on a weekly basis ranting about nonsense. I can't wait for this election to be over so I can start talking about politics again. <laughs> right. right. It'll Jesus. be especially weird compared Jesus to these very Christ. normal times. We didn't even talk about Tucker Carlson and Hunter Biden, and you know what? We're better off for it. No right, reason guys. to ever talk about Tucker Carlson. Thank you, Dave, Lord for being Jesus. on. You've been insightful. Yes. We will absolutely ask for you to be on again. Absolutely. And my advice to y'all and everybody that's listening, if you've cast your vote or you're going to do it November 3rd, just go to bed. You'll find out who the president is in the morning. <laughs> guys, that's right. we didn't get the FEMA camps. We didn't get, you know, Trump didn't make abortion illegal. Roe v. Wade is still in effect. We didn't get the death pan. We didn't get the Obamacare death panels, and you know what? Mexico war- didn't pay for the wall. The war in Iraq was terrible, but it mostly didn't affect America. You know, these presidencies are never as bad as we think. They're never. They never get. Unless, unless it's the you're, game of appearance. <laughs> unless, unless you're a brown seven-year-old in Iraq. <laughs> I, all right. All right. Well, yeah. All right. That's later, y'all. Good night, guys. Take care. Buenas noches. <laughs>